You watching me glow, you watching me go I'm all in my zone, I'm holding my own I'm feeling like Bane, I'm breaking your bones I am a blur, black and a nerd So this is my own, this is my zone And this is a show you already know like My grand blur, YouTube blur Everything I do so blur Bet you wish you so blur Cosplay blur All day blur Everything I do so blur Bet you wish you so blur Bet you wish you so blur Talking about what we heard Talking about what we seen All through the eyes of a blur Everything that we do urge Flying like a super person Plus I got super friends We be teaming up early Welcome to Blur Vision, your window into the world of all things geek, movies, TV, or news. We talk about it every week. Well, not last week, but this week we are. <laughs> it's your boy Jordan, uh, the host of Blur Vision with... Beautiful Diz. And Jeffrey Rays. Oh, the three have become one! We, we are, finally did it! <laughs> we have assembled. We have finally assembled. Ah, in true Avengers fashion. Or... Is it in true Spider-Man fashion? This week we're going to be talking about, of course, Spider-Man No Way Home, but also Flash Armageddon and episode five of Hawkeye. Uh, and we haven't had all three of us on at the same time, so now I'm really curious to hear your thoughts, Crystal, um, especially about Hawkeye. I know we, me and you have been doing the video reviews for YouTube, right. but we've never had an uh, in-depth discussion after those first two episodes we watched together for the podcast. Right. Yeah. So now we get with Jeff here, we can get a... Uh, three-person round table and i think it's so appropriate not even just for uh some of the things that happened in no way home but just the fact that it's me my best friend my girl that's no way home right there baby we got <laughs> netlies we got zendaya <laughs> we all here the, tr the trinity is here and i yes the trinity is here <laughs> jeff don't don't become a villain and try and kill me <laughs> <laughs> no promises like yo if you're about to go and freaking like save the multiverse and like make everybody like forget about you or whatever man like no promises <laughs> as you say that and you're wearing a venom shirt you son of a bitch <laughs> <laughs> i mean i i mean i had to yo freaking like venom's my boy freaking venom's been my boy since day one venom pay to get laced because they're gonna taste my venom <laughs> <laughs> also appropriate for our spider-man conversation today we'll get into it uh, and we have like iTunes, we actually do have iTunes reviews and we have emails, but because we're short on time today, I want to just jump right into our Spider-Man No Way Home review. I want to hear your thoughts. I just can't wait to break this open because, oh, it was crazy. <laughs> the end game was Spider-Man. So How many years much in the making? good, so much good happened in this movie. Bro, so let's get into it. Without much further ado, let's get into Spider-Man No Way Home. You're flying out into the darkness. To fight ghosts. When you botched that spell where you wanted everyone to forget the Peter Parker Spider-Man, we started getting some visitors. Ever since I got bit by that spider, that's you, right? I've only had one week where my life has felt normal. I am Spider-Man. That was when you found out. There are others out there from every universe. We need to send them back. You're not being 
And for those that don't know what rating here on Blurred Vision, I will drop it here. We here at Blurred Vision have a very simple rating system. It goes from poor vision to perfect vision. In the middle, there's passable. And then you have less than passable and more than passable. Thank you, Kachapon. Uh, and as per usual, let's just do a roundtable of our quick summary of our thoughts, non-spoilers. I think what people really want to hear and what me and Crystal found out trying to do our, um, our, uh, our video review is that it's really hard talking about this movie without going to spoilers. It's extremely Word. difficult to Word. not spoil anything. So like, yeah. I like the part where, yeah. The trailers are hiding <laughs> spoilers. Like, how do you expect people to talk about it without going into spoilers? <laughs> mm, no. um, so yeah, let's, just, let's just break it open. Let's talk about our, our general thoughts for No Way Home. Who wants to start? Uh, I'll go first. Um, okay. Yeah. So I honestly thought that like this was this movie was like really good. It exceeded all of my expectations, and I'm so glad there was like so many satisfying moments in this movie. And honest to goodness, this was probably like the first like enjoyable experience I've had in a movie theater, seeing a movie like this in like a very long time. Now, since I started doing this podcast, I've been to the theater um twice in like the past few months. And mm. like I did not COVID. Have, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And um I but even before that, even before all that, when I was going to the movies, I honest to goodness have not had like the euphoria of like being in a theater with like an excited crowd who was actually like mm. so stoked to see this film and then leaving like uh Wait, wait, you're saying that there was no hype? During your internal screening, like Eternals was so hype, bro. What are you talking about? <laughs> Shut up! <laughs> Shut up, Jordan. You know damn well. Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> you know damn well. Nah, bro. It's like it really goes to show, like, char- like the characters that you're trying to develop on screen is everything, and it really does matter because, like, mm. the Eternals. You don't. No one knows nothing about the Eternals, and like the Eternals was like, it should have been epic. It should have been a spectacle. But it really wasn't a big deal for anybody. Definitely not to mm. de- definitely not to me. But this Spider Man No Way Home that was like this is literally like movie of the year potential, and like mm. it really is. You know, it was that damn good. And um, I have no. I, I there's a few things that I could nitpick about the movie, but honestly, over mm. overall, I love I loved it. I really did. What would you rate it? Um, perp- <laughs> a very hesitant perfect vision. Ooh, a hesitant, hesitant perfect vision. <laughs> a very hesitant perfect vision, and I will tell you why later. I think we might actually agree on that. Mm. But, uh, Crystal, uh, let's give your thoughts, even though we... Oh, and by the way, guys, uh, me and Crystal, by the time this comes out, we will have already started our YouTube channel, or really rebooted the Blur Vision YouTube channel, but with our first video review as a couple, right. uh, Spider-Man No Way Home. Aww. So if you want to get our thoughts, uh, just me and her solo, go check that video out on YouTube, Blurred Vision. But yeah, Crystal, what did you think about the movie? I absolutely loved it. Diz, Diz, what did you think about the movie? <laughs> I absolutely loved it. Um, I loved the callback they had to some of the the old things that happened in the past movies. Um, it was just awesome. Great acting. Mm. Uh, great choice in main villain roles. Mm. Um, yeah, no, I really enjoyed it. Um, like Jeff was saying, the reaction of the the, the theater hyped you up as well. Yeah, uh, we had a very. I'm assuming. Probably everyone had a very active crowd. We had a very active crowd. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Every small Easter egg, cameo, yes. reference, <laughs> even references, even references to old, like, uh, very memeable phrases right. that have been uh, in you know, I'm so- zeitgeist. You know, I'm someone of a scientist myself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they did their research. Oh, <laughs> 
But yeah, no, I absolutely loved it. And uh, my rating would be Perfect Vision. Okay, so yeah. two Perfect Visions. Am I going to be the, the decision maker here that breaks that, that streaker? <laughs> bum, bum, bum. <laughs> um, I mean, look, I'm not going to bury the lead here. I fucking love the movie. And it, I'm looking at my Spider-Man poster right here across my Batman poster yeah. on my wall. Spider-Man is my number one favorite hero. And why? Because he's relatable. Mm. And even though the biggest complaint for Tom Holland's Spider-Man going into this movie has been what? Iron Boy. Iron Boy Jr. Oh, he's just the Iron Man clone. Oh, he's not a character in his own right. He's not the real Spider-Man. It's insane to me that Kevin Feige... It's got to be planned. I, I don't believe any of this. Is they crazy. knew they knew exactly what they were doing with this trailer. They knew exactly, exactly what Kevin Feige. I, I Kevin Feige. I trust that man had a plan, <laughs> and he knew everybody. He was sitting back and going, "Oh, homecoming! Everybody's complaining about Uncle Ben not being a more prominent figure in Peter Parker's life. Oh, everyone's complaining about him not being his own character. And he's not. He's not his own man yet. He's under Iron Man's wing. This was all a three-part origin story yep. to this MCU Spider-Man, and that's amazing." We thought that we were jumping in like right from like, oh, oh we've already seen the origin story of Spider-Man. We don't need to see that again. Homecoming is, is a breath of fresh air because we don't need to actually see the Uncle Ben origin and great power comes great responsibility. But it was just a long con. It was mm -hmm. the, they played the long game of, no, we're going to give you all those Spider-Man moments, but slowly develop it over three movies. So when we get to, by the time we get to the end of this movie, he's the Spider-Man we've always wanted. Mm -hmm. right? And that's a fucking magic trick. The fact that they can tell an origin story without us even realizing it was an origin story. And to juggle so many elements in this movie, I mean, going into this, I think I even talked about some podcasts with you, Jeff, that my, one of my fears was, like, what, and even with you, with you Diz, uh, the, the, the fact that Spider-Man 3, Amazing Spider-Man 2, mm -hmm. those movies all failed because they juggled so many different elements at once. Right. Like, they, they couldn't keep up the juggling act. Too many villains, too that many plot threads. That was a fear threads. with this, this film, That actually. was a big fear, yeah. a fear that I had. And even though, you know, Again, Kevin Feige, I trust. It's not the Russo brothers that made Spider-Man movies. And they're the ones that were able to balance all those elements in Civil War, Infinity War, and Endgame. Mm -hmm. So really, John Watts, the director of this, it was like, all right, bro, play at the big leagues. Can you handle all these characters at once? And now you're not even just dealing with multiple villains from across uh, even just his own movies. You're dealing with the, the history of Spider-Man from mm -hmm. Tobey Maguire era, from the Andrew Garfield era. And you've got all these expectations that come with all those past movies. Right. So the, the game was theirs to lose. Mm -hmm. the, the deck was stacked against them. And if they didn't hit this shit out of the park home run, oh my God, Spider-Man! <laughs> <laughs> here's, here, here's what I'm going to say. So this is the third film in the Spider-Man trilogy. And the only yeah. other uh, third film in the Spider-Man trilogy that we had was Spider-Man 3 back in Tobey yes. Toby Maguire's era. And they exactly. tried to do they tried to do what this movie tried to do. And they mm -hmm. had like three villains in the same film. And it wasn't as executed as properly as this. Like they got yes. five, five villains and, <laughs> and, and ever and everyone else you know freaking like all the other characters that we had in this film you know they put they were able to stick all those characters in there they were given they were all able to like do something given all their character development and like you still have a satisfying yes. ending for like everyone and yes it, and it's yep. um it's amazing it's amazing like they literally stacked the deck twice compared to that film and they were still able to pull it off and you could tell, I don't know what John Watts' relationship with Spider-Man. I assume he's got to be a massive fan. Because like you just touched on, as I'm going to say next, it's not just that they were able to bring in all of those past villains into this movie, but they were able to pay off their character arcs right. in a way that I didn't even expect. 
Like, I'm a writer, and even I was just like, I, I thought they should be glorified cameos. I didn't expect them to literally be concluding their stories from those past movies and, and getting a little closure <laughs> that I wasn't even expecting. But now that I got it, I'm like, oh, that just makes perfect sense. This right. is this is exactly how this should have gone. Um, and even I'll say this before I give my rating. Right after the movie ended, this is why it's hard for me to to give reviews right after seeing a movie because I need to sit with it and just sit my thoughts. Because I was kind of disappointed. Remember, I was disappointed when it came out of the movie. Yeah. I remember. I, I was satisfied. I definitely remember. Yeah, I loved the movie. <laughs> really? I had some, I had some complaints. No, no, not this point. Like I hated. It. I loved it, mm. but it, I, I felt like I, I said this specifically that of all the different versions of the movie that this could have been, mm-hmm. this was among the best. Yes. But the reason I said among the best, not the best, was because in my head I had a movie kind of what I was expecting, and even with Endgame, something sometimes like these movies are so massive, so so anticipated that you kind of build what you expect to see in your head mm-hmm. before you get there, so. What I find is sometimes I have to divorce myself from the expectations. That's why sometimes watching it a second time is helpful. I haven't seen this movie twice yet, but I'm definitely going to. Yeah. But even without that, just being able to sit on my thoughts for a little bit and letting go of those expectations that I had, mm-hmm. that that little bit of like, um, I mean, this was cool, but I thought they would go this way with it or this way with it. That kind of all just faded away. And it's like, what they gave me was exactly what any Spider-Man fan would appreciate. It, right. The fact that they were able to lovingly pay a home homage and a love letter to all those past movies and wrap it up in such a satisfying satisfying way. Is it bittersweet? Fuck yeah, it is. <laughs> but that's not necessarily a bad thing. It's not necessarily like even 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 Endgame was bittersweet. Mm. It, a movie can end or a story can end sad and still be satisfying. We kind of talked about that together. Right, we did. Um so all that being said, this is a long-winded way of me just going Perfect fucking vision. Holy yeah. shit. <laughs> that was, oh, everything. <laughs> Three perfect visions across the board. Yeah, perfect vision party. <laughs> um, and what we need to do now is just break this open because everything in this movie is a spoiler. <laughs> oh it is. It's so hard um, to talk about it without spoiling everything. Yeah. No. And because me and Diz uh, kind of already gave our thoughts in our video review, I'm kind of right. curious uh, to hear what your thoughts are, especially oh. you saying that uh, some parts were a little disappointing for you, right? That's kind of what you were saying before. And mm. I kind of felt the same way. So I'm curious to see if we're kind of on the same page with that. So what? Yeah. how did you feel about the, the movie in terms of its spoilers? Oh, my God. Um. So let me just say, like, the it took... So the oh, wait, starts- pause, pause, sorry. For those that don't want to be spoiled for No Way Home, and if you're listening to this, what are you doing? <laughs> if, if you had, if you caught up a Spider-Man fan and already. you didn't, yeah, <laughs> and you didn't fucking like make time to see it this weekend, reprioritize your, <laughs> hang on, <laughs> hang on, bro. I got this. This is the Chrono Ranger. And, <laughs> and this is your official spoiler warning right here. Turn back now. You've been warned. Oh, that works. <laughs> cool with that. All right. Take it away, Jeff. All right. So the movie basically starts off like immediately, like after the events of Homecoming, like literally like right as soon as freaking mm-hmm. out, out the gate, you know? So basically uh, everyone know, now knows that Peter Parker is Spider-Man and he's grabbed and like the, everyone's like crowding around MJ and like, <laughs> holy shit. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So basically it's like, are you Spider-Man's girlfriend? Are you Spider-Man's girlfriend? And freaking like, yo, like paparazzi, like immediately. And then freaking like, so Tom has to go in there get his girl and like i I, one of the things that i that i uh it's really um 
it was like a pair it was a pair play on life uh art imitates life that uh mm. this one this one woman who's like uh trying to like you know like uh trying to pull off freaking spidey's mask and like she goes and it's like oh, spider-man hit me spider-man hit me i'm like dude that's like that's something that a heckler would fucking do and, I, <laughs> and that that killed me but anyways um so they so they get off uh you know spidey does his thing they go they go off into the city trying to like get away from everyone then the helicopters show up and i'm like holy shit this like this just got like defcon 5 this is not a drill this is not a drill it's like, it's like in grand theft auto when you get five stars <laughs> yeah yeah basically it's like yo spider-man's like the most wanted man right now but um freaking like but yeah like everyone's like free- freaking out and then um basically like i feel like that first like uh that first like quarter of the movie it was like they, the pace the pacing was just like so fast because they're trying to get through all this stuff so we could finally get to like the main the main film it, it was it was almost like an epilogue to the end of uh far from home yeah the first act of this movie was yeah and then like um basically like i feel like the point where like uh you knew that like it finally like calmed down a bit was when like you see the cane you're in the you're, you're, you're in you're in the you're in the, you're in the you're, you're, <laughs> yo he's fiending you stop <laughs> don't understand i was he's so a rabid marvel fan <laughs> i was so freaking happy i was like oh my god i was like wait the cane oh, that noise? is that him is that him it's charlie fucking cox it's daredevil daredevil's here oh my god that was like the, the most... multiverse and that... that's gonna come back in our hawkeye review and i called it yeah. pick up that phone is i called it i said that they were gonna do some synergy shit where now that they've opened up the multiverse and far from uh, no way home Right. You got Hawkeye still going on. Well, yeah, now we know they're connected. So yeah. we're, we're, all is good in the world. Yes, yeah, so now we broke that band aid. <laughs> go, yep, it's all connected. Now. <laughs> I saw that cameo coming as soon as I saw that freaking um. Even before like Kevin Feige announced that uh, Charlie Cox was going to be in the MCU, as soon yeah. as I as soon as I knew that all the hints that like Kingpin was going to be in Hawkeye, I knew uh, yeah. I knew that freaking they were going to bring in Daredevil. So like when I saw that scene, I was so freaking happy. I was happy. Bruh, for, I was happy. How? For, how giddy were you when they throw the rock through the window and Daredevil catches it. it and Peter's looking at him like, what the uh, hell? He's like, how'd you do that? I'm a good I'm a, lawyer. I'm a really, no, I'm a good I'm lawyer. A, no, he's a really good lawyer. Yeah. <laughs> dude. I can't I, wait for that reveal dude, when they start doing ev- stuff together. That was, yeah. like the, that was like the first big pop in, in the crowd when everyone saw the film and like it was so freaking satisfying because it's like yes we finally got Daredevil in the MCU and he literally and literally like that that, that honestly couldn't have panned out like any other better I wish we could have had a little bit more of him but like you know what the way that we, a, yeah, the way that, the first taste yeah yeah. yeah yeah the way that he was utilized though I, I, I can't say that I'm not happy about it. it's like yeah we finally got him in there and freaking yeah it, it was it was great and it was so uh in character for Matt Murdock freaking like someone goes and tosses the brick and he just catches the brick that was that was that was awesome. <laughs> but anyway i'm just so happy they've introduced uh some of the netflix marvel characters i mean i wanted to stay in the daredevil verse i i don't want iron fist finn jones stay the fuck away i don't want no, i don't even don't want, want mike Coulter. Nah. <laughs> jessica jones can come everybody's gotta go <laughs> damn not even mike Coulter. nah i i like him but in a world of casting anybody I feel like you could find a way better Luke Cage, a more charismatic Luke Cage. Variants, they're all variants. We, we could probably exactly. find a, we could probably find a variant. Yeah. yeah. But anyway. So wait, so what were your some of your complaints though? Oh, you know what? Um where where were we? I mean, honestly, the way that the Well, cuz if you're just going through a summary, I mean, basically after that epilogue of Far From Home, yeah. we 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 jump into the Doctor Strange of it all and then yeah. we get It's almost like the first half of the movie is like a fetch quest right. where Doctor Strange gives him the ability to like 
gotta catch them all. You gotta catch all those interesting <laughs> that's, Pokemon. That, that's, that's what ever, that's what everyone's been saying. But um, I, I, honestly, like friggin' like straight up for like every pop, every time a villain came on screen, everyone was like applauding. When friggin' Doc Ock finally yeah. came oh, on yeah. screen, everyone friggin' applauded for Alpha Molina. When Green Goblin came on screen, everyone friggin' applauded. Uh, Jamie J- Jamie Fox when he came on, friggin' like the, the everyone was like yeah, friggin' like everyone everyone was so hype and like that's one of the reasons why I love this movie so much was because the crowd was so freaking hype like every time a character was coming on screen yeah and this is a fan movie for sure and it was they corrected made... all the wrongs too yeah. huh? they corrected all the wrongs that we were having problems with in, in the past movies oh oh you mean how those Jamie's characters appearance, were... uh, oh oh yeah personality yeah personality Green Goblin without the mask yeah one of those things where it's like that's not how Jamie Foxx's character no, was no it wasn't <laughs> but I like this version better yeah but, but I like it better so I'll let it slide yeah we let it go we let it go there's, some, there's something also that I want to point out so when Doctor Strange actually uh, when he casts uh, the spell at the beginning of the film, uh, he says that Pete changed the spell at least like six times. Six times, yeah. But, oh, but Pete, but but Pete said that it, he only changed it five times. And I'm still going back and forth between that. But here's the thing: we had five villains in this film, so I'm wondering if the reason that they were all all five villains were able to come through was because Pete screwed up five times. But that sixth one still has me thinking because we did have a cameo at the very, yeah, that, very, very end of yeah. the film. And we're in spoilers and you're wearing the shirt, so yeah. it was Venom. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, yeah. And actually, now that we're talking about that, let's just jump to that post credit scene. That so, uh, is one of the reasons why I was disappointed with this film was that I honestly... Oh, that was one of the reasons. Yes. I thought I thought we were going to get a Sinister Six, not a Fabulous Five out of this film. <laughs> Fabulous Five. Yeah. And uh, I, I, honest to goodness, I was so excited and I thought that we were going to get fine, finally get a Venom versus Spider-Man fight that I've been waiting for for the rematch since freaking Spider-Man 3 uh, back in the Sam Raimi area because that was not the fight that I wanted. Freaking like, I'm a big Venom fan and like, I, there's just, I wanted that fight. I wanted to see Spider-Man, one, any Spider-Man, could have been any of them versus freaking Venom and then literally... What I got as a Venom fan was literally I could take the al- the alternate ending of Venom versus Carnage and the alternate ending of Spider-Man No Way yeah. Home, put them together, and literally you get less of five minutes of screen time of Venom being in the MCU, and that's one of the reasons, biggest reasons why I was disappointed with this film. It felt it- very unnecessary that they even introduced that at the end of Venom. Just to, to do this payoff like this. Just, you know what it felt like? It felt like Sony put that post credit scene in the Venom going like, alright, your move, Kevin Feige. <laughs> we're, we're putting Venom in the MCU. We're making this connected universe. And he was like, and writing them out. <laughs> <laughs> no, you right don't. Back out. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Because like, otherwise, it's I, 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 it seems like a long way to go just, just to, to get the Venom symbiote the in the symbiote MCU. In yeah, like, if you're going to do so that, weird. and it's so not connected to the that Venom movie now, like, why not just have a meteorite fall from the sky like in Spider-Man 3? It's the it's exact same, like, uh, lack of connection. Right. Like, and now it's even weirder because I'm like, okay, is that Venom the same personality as Venom's Our Venom? Because if it is, I have a theory. that's stupid because I don't want that Venom in the MCU. Yeah. <laughs> I have a theory. Um... The theory is that at the end credit scene of Venom vs. Carnage, Venom actually talks about how the symbiotes actually have like a hive mind that scatters throughout like the space and time right. and, mm-hmm. the, and the universe. So my currently the theory is uh, the Venom symbiote from the uh, t- uh, Sam Raimi Spider-Man 3 is actually connected with the Venom symbiote from uh, the, Son- the Sony-verse with Tom Hardy's uh, Venom symbiote. That's why... 
uh that's because the thing is it's like people uh the only villains who came through the portals were uh, any was like villains who knew who that peter parker was spider-man and the only way that would make sense for venom to know who peter parker is is if the venom symbiotes were connected inside of a hind mind including the one from the sam from spider-man the original spider-man 3 so all of them are connected and all of them like know what's going on and basically okay, here's the yeah. deal with okay. jeff Jeff likes to make headcanon and write for the writers. Because <laughs> I, no, like I mean, that's a point. It, it makes sense, but yeah, I guarantee you none of that's going to be in the movie. They did implement that in the end of Venom. They, they did say that. They did, they say did that. go into that. Yes, they did. But, then, yes. but what does that mean? Is is when this symbiote attaches to somebody, my issue is just, is it going to have the Tom Hardy voice? Is he going to talk like this? <laughs> I want to find Spider-Man. <laughs> no, no. I think um, basically like whoever the, the, the little drop of symbiote in Mexico freaking latches on to, they're going to get um, whoever's voice that they're uh, possessing. That's why Venom sounds like Tom Hardy's because he's possessing Tom Hardy's body. So I think that whoever this symbiote attaches to, they're going to get like whoever's voice they attach to. You think they're gonna just skip Eddie Brock since they've already done Eddie Brock in the Venom movie and do like a Matt Gargan or something who's the Venom later in the comics? I who used to be Scorpion. You know what? I really wouldn't be surprised because now it's all about franchise and like as much as I really want there to be Eddie Brock versus freaking Spider Man because that's how it's supposed to be. These two studios, Sony and Disney, they're both out to freaking, you know, like do well, the, in a world of repetitiveness, I just feel like doing another Eddie Brock while there's already an ongoing Eddie Brock Venom movie. Like, yeah. here's an example. Maybe Flash Thompson. Flash Thompson becomes Venom in the comics. I don't want MCU Flash Thompson as fucking Agent Venom. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 as I, I was saying, really it, I was don't. like, oh yeah, the MCU Flash Thompson is kind of whack. <laughs> no, no, please. Like, go grab freaking, uh, what's his face from the, from the Amazing Spider-Man. Go grab that Flash Thompson. Freaking, like... I love Joe Man Managelio, but I want him to be Deathstroke, honestly. So, freaking go grab the one dude who played Flash Thompson in the Amazing Spider-Man film and have him be fucking Agent Venom, please. I do <laughs> he, he was barely a character in the first Amazing Spider-Man. <laughs> I still think he'd be better fucking Flash Thompson Agent Venom than freaking the dude in the MCU right now, because he's just a fucking okay. douche. So we agree that the Venom cameo was kind of meh. Yeah. Yeah, it definitely was meh. Yeah. It's it's either I feel like they're either gonna try and do a version of Agent Venom or they're gonna try and do a version of Matt Gargan uh Venom or goodness knows who who knows what could happen. Definitely we're gonna get Black Suit Spider Man at some point within this uh new trilogy that they're playing. Oh for on sure. Maybe. Yeah. For sure. Especially since they by the end of this movie they reset Peter Parker to be the Peter Parker from the comics. It's yeah. almost like we're it's now issue one again of the Spider Man comics. Yeah. Right. Or the MCU Spider Man rather. Yeah. Um but in the world of talking about our complaints, and we mentioned Doctor Strange and the spell being messed up five or six times, my biggest issues with this movie are just some of the writing choices that had to be put into place to make Peter Parker dumb enough to even allow this situation to happen. Or not even just Peter Parker, even Stephen Strange. The fact that they keep diminishing Stephen Strange's <laughs> like authority as a sorcerer in this in the MCU. Not only is he no longer the Sorcerer Supreme. Did, to begin with, as yeah. Well. Like so now Wong is the Sorcerer Supreme, so he's not even the Sorcerer Supreme. And then he's also being so stupid that he's allowing a teenager to just be like, hey, can we manipulate time and space just on a whim? Yeah, sure. Wait, did you ask? Uh, because of college. Yeah, did you? <laughs> why, why, why were you doing this again? Oh, because I wanted to get into college. Did yeah. you talk to the, the dean? No, I didn't. No, I can do that. You can do that? <laughs> I'm like, bro, no one talked about this like for five minutes before you decided to mess with the fabric of the universe? <laughs> nope. And even Doctor Strange, again, these are just nitpicks, but those are things where like, I was like, really? Come on, Doc, what are you doing? Like, he starts the spell, 
and doesn't tell Peter at all what the parameters no of the spell are. <laughs> no warnings. I'm like, <laughs> it takes a five minute conversation. By the way, so what I'm about to do to change the fabric of reality is I'm gonna make everybody that knows you Spider Man forget. That's all he had to say. He was like, I'm gonna stop the spell. Here we go. No, in a world of this movie introduced the line with great power comes great responsibility for Spider Man. Mm-hmm. They should apply that shit to Doctor Strange. Like, <laughs> he's got all the power. No responsibility. <laughs> what, what was that, Jordan? He, he's he got the what? Great power. It's about drive. It's about power. It's about oh, power. Yeah, <laughs> I got two this time, bitch. <laughs> he did. I've been doing that every time that he says it's like eating about power. <laughs> so, you got me. But did, am I only felt that way? Am I just tripping? Did, did anyone else have an issue with that? No, I had an issue with that. I, I mean, it just a little bit, just a little bit. But honestly, I feel like they just did it to get some laughs out of the crowd because that's literally the only reason they did it. I was like, wait a minute, you literally freaking like could have went to the dean to go tell ask ask them for forgiveness to to, to like get your friends into school, yeah. and you literally came to me first yeah. before you asked. Literally, just just to get the reaction out of the audience. Like, what the fuck, dude? Yeah, oh, but I guess when goodness. you also couple that with the fact that Spider Man and Doctor Strange do come to blows in this movie, right? Because. Mm. Again, another choice. I'm like Spider Man. I, I get Green Goblin seems like a nice old grandpa, but <laughs> we've established they're all Spider Man villains. villains. Yeah. you don't know these guys. Yep. But no, I gotta I gotta say them. They're already destined to die. If you didn't do your dumb shit by interfering with time and space, they would die anyway. No, but it's not right, Doctor. So they end up fighting over the the device that's like the automatic Deus Ex Machina button to destroy them all, or well, not destroy them all, send them back to their universe. But then again, this is the sorcerer. Supreme, you guys. Supreme, supreme, supreme. But yet, he can't catch Spider-Man. And then, Spider-Man uses math to defeat magic. <laughs> and as much as I love that moment, I did love that moment. Like, wait, the mirror universe is just geometry. That- I'm great at geometry. <laughs> like, that was that was a great Spider-Man move- that moment. That was pretty dope. That was, it was pretty dope. fucking dope. But again, it's all at the expense of who is supposed to be the most powerful sorcerer in the universe. <laughs> He's trash. He can't be a teenager. <laughs> second, second most powerful sorcerer in the universe. Apparently. Yeah, another diminishing Apparent. thing. Wanda's stronger Apparent. than him too now. <laughs> so now, here's a question that I have for you guys because I'm genuinely curious what you think. Um, do you think that at any any single given point we see Doctor Strange in this movie? Do you think that it could have been not? Doctor Strange. Doctor Strange. No, yeah. and I think no. that only because of the post-credit scene where they yeah. literally show us the evil Doctor Strange from what, which is dope. From what if in the Multiverse of Madness movie? Right. That's sick. If and, and also talking about that, let's we'll jump to the post-credit scene. We'll talk about the Doctor Strange trailer. Mm. Mm. But um, on that note, I just thought it was so interesting that remember the what if uh the zombie one where Peter Parker gets the Doctor Strange cape? Yeah. Another thing I didn't like was that fact that, um, again, nitpick, but uh, uh, Ned was able to master the sling ring so quickly. Also, when... also one of my complaints. Cause, cause, yeah. And I don't have that complaint. It was, if you... it was too easy. It was too freaking easy. And it was very convenient. It really was. Because it's like, okay, are we really going to, this is where we're going to introduce the power of friendship. Because, because, <laughs> because Ned is somehow able to like say, find Peter Parker, find Peter Parker. And he's able to like open like the, the dimensions. And but, like the fact that he has this emotional connection with Peter Parker is the reason why we're able to get... Toby Maguire and Andrew, and Andrew Garfield inside the MCU for the first time, and it's like, yes, they had to bring him in somehow, but it's like... Yeah, but it's when the, you compare the, that yeah. to Doctor Strange's movie, where literally 
to become a sorcerer. That was one of the tests. And he struggled with it. So once right, again, is Ned a better sorcerer <laughs> than Doctor Strange? I, I, I shit you not, when I was in that theater and I saw that, everyone was actually going like, oh, you know, and freaking, <laughs> and freaking as soon as he actually did the thing, I literally was like, the, like as soon as everything went quiet, I was like, the Sorcerer Supreme, and everyone fucking laughed. Yeah, everyone he's like laughed. the true heir to Wong. Like, yeah, Doctor right? Strange should just leave because he's trash. Yeah. But I was going to say was, and what if that, that uh, episode with the zombies where Peter gets the cape, do they insinuate that Peter Parker is his spider sense or is he magically inclined to where when he got his soul punched out of him, he was, he was still able, able to move. Right. And the doctor was like, how do I have, do this? <laughs> I have I the know. answer. I have the answer. What's I have the, the answer? answer for that. Okay. So turns out um, Spider-Man, every Spider-Man in the multiverse has Spidey sense, right? But Spidey yeah. sense isn't just Spidey well, sense. Well, Peter Tingles. Get it. Get it Peter <laughs> hang on. Hang on. Let me get to it. So it turns out that every single Spider-Man in the multiverse is connected to an interdimensional web through their Spidey sense. Spidey okay. sense is actually the Spider-Man's connection to the multiverse. That's why that's why they are able to sense so many things before they even happen. And that's Wait, is that why... true? Do you, is yes, that a fact? Yes, that's a fact. That's why Madam That's Webb... why Spider-Sense is almost precognition? Yes. I mean, I know Spider-Man did have magical elements in the other comic where they they made a whole thing where it's like, the spider, you didn't get bit randomly, Peter. The spider chose you, and it's actually a spider totem, and you're connected to the spider gods, and it's very weird in comics. But that's what that kind of sounds like. Yeah, base, but base, we haven't gotten to spider gods yet, but I do believe that I think we're going to get Madam Web at some point, and I feel like they're going to... Yeah, 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 exactly. Madam Web is like the boss. She's like... Could you imagine if we get a... Secret, an animated Secret War style Spider-Man movie. Mm. Like remember in the in the animated Spider-Man series where they did Spider Verse, basically. Mm-hmm. That was like literally like that 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 shit ran so that freaking uh, Spider-Man No Way Home could walk, <laughs> legit. Freaking no, out. actually they crawled so Spider Verse the comic could walk so No Way Home <laughs> could run. <laughs> fair, 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 fair. But anyways, yes, I. Uh, but yes, every basically, Spidey sense is connected to the multiverse, and that's and that's why um, that's why Pete was actually able to um defy Doctor Strange, and he was able to like still like uh move the box for, away from Doctor Strange. Okay, I'm cool with that. I yeah. like that explanation actually. Yeah, <laughs> okay. yeah, yeah. So there's a lot more going on with Spidey. Spidey sense isn't just Spidey sense anymore. Spidey sense is actually the Spidey precognition. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay, see, you just turned a complaint I had into... Uh, now I like that. <laughs> now I want to know the answer to my complaint that I had. What was your complaint? Uh, mm. Sans, Sandman's um, switch. He was he was all oh. cool with Peter, and when it came convenient... That's plot. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. He just was pissed off, too, no. and decided to go with the Sinister. He's like, Sandman, wait! I want to I- go home to my daughter, and now I'm pissed! Yeah. And now I'm going to go with the bad guys because I'm pissed. Sandman, <laughs> wait, I pissed? have a solution. No, I don't care, I don't Peter. care about your solution. I'm mad with the rest of them. The plot what? says I should be angry. <laughs> like, wait, I you're going home go- with your daughter. Wait, what's oh, going on? Defend it? My only, my only explanation for that, uh, honest to goodness, is trust issues. Because like he came mm. to this multiverse and he thought that his Spider-Man was hit. Well, that he thought Tom Holland was Tommy McGuire. But he when he showed up, how did that? Yeah, that was my. How issue. did it still not switch though? Your, he, he saw him there. Yeah. <laughs> like, Your explanation, Jeff, is what I thought. I was yeah. like, maybe he just like, oh, no, I never really trusted this Tom Holland Spider-Man anyway. Right. So I don't, I'm not gonna believe what you say. But here's but at Toby. That point, Hi, Toby. Right there. Oh, I'm still pissed. Yes, yeah, like, <laughs> I know we were friends, like, but I'm still pissed. Hey, hey, Demarco, what's up, man? We've been friends for years. Like, <laughs> Marco, Clint, Marco, Clint, Marco. 
Oh, Clint Marco, sorry. Yeah, like, yeah, hey, we've been friends good. for you're years, good. bro. What's going on? Like, oh, I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. You also, uh, well, you know what? I don't. I'm. Here's another thing too that I'm trying to think is like, when did they pluck Sandman from his point in time? Did That's what pluck? we were talking about yeah. too. Yeah, yeah. We were trying it's to vague. figure that out because he didn't die. Like but it's the rest purposely of them. vague so that you can have that final battle. Mm. Because if they did a step, if they if, in that scene where they're all kind of in those cages and talking about the moments in time they got plucked out of right, right before they died, right before they died. If they allow that scene to continue and Sandman would go, go actually, I never was about to die. I was <laughs> hanging out with my my kid when I got sucked into here. So why am I here? And like, it's a time <laughs> thing, isn't his kid grown at this point? Like, well, how old is his daughter he's getting back to? Isn't she, like, in her yeah, 20s by thing, now? We were here talking about it. I was like, I, it, if it's supposed to be canonically that Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield continue to live their lives right. after the last movie, and that's why they're older, that would mean that in Tobey Maguire's universe, Sandman also aged that much. Yeah, he should have still been around when So he should have been pulled out of his timeline when Tobey Maguire was. Right. So they should be buddies, or like, you know, be like, and his <laughs> child that he's trying to get back to should be a grown adult with children of her own at this point. Yeah, uh, <laughs> Mephisto. <laughs> yeah, that's a good explanation. <laughs> Mephisto. <laughs> uh, that's the only logical explanation that I have. Some kind of multiverse shenanigans where it's like everyone's like in a fucking mood and like they just like, was in a mood. <laughs> rah, 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 I, I hate Peter Parker because of plots. I woke up on the wrong side of the bed. <laughs> Literally, like, Kill literally, Spider-Man. it's like if there was no, like, malevolent, like, intervention with why some of these villains were, like, pissed off, like, I can only, I can only assume Mephisto. <laughs> I mean, but that being said, I did like, and this is the thing I didn't expect, that Sandman, characters that were good when mm-hmm. they, uh, when we last saw them in their respect- respective movies, when we saw them again in No Way Home, Sandman didn't start off a villain. He was like, hey, Peter, it's me, yeah, what's up? He was I'm cool. help. That's why I said <laughs> the clip you. was crazy. Yeah. He was cool up to that point. He was just getting fed up. He wanted to push the button and go home. Yeah, so I like that. Even even um the fact that uh Green Goblin, I didn't expect that at all nah. for Green Goblin to show up and be, oh, don't tell Harry, he Green Goblin. He did an excellent job between that switch from being a, a senile old man to a psychopath for 2.5 seconds. He made you feel like it was like you felt bad. It activated your grandpa empathy. Yeah. Like, oh, <laughs> like, oh like, man, oh. he doesn't know what's going on. Somebody help him. Like, he's got dementia. Oh no. He's horrible. <laughs> Kill him. Kill him now. <laughs> I want him to die. And almost instantly. What you're saying right now is I think the magic trick of this movie mm-hmm. where it does get you on the side. Even though it was like initially you're like, fuck Green Goblin, fuck Sandman, fuck all these villains. And they're right. like, oh. Actually, we should help them because they they were victims that were right. never actually helped in their old movies. Right. So it's like, oh, now we kind of get like a second chance, like Peter says, we get word. a second chance to help them. And word. seeing him help Doctor Ock made you feel that way too. So it was like, oh, they all have hope. Yeah, Look how grateful Doctor Ock is. Yeah. yeah, help Green Goblin. Oh no, don't help Green Goblin. <laughs> Stuff like there's the power of the sun in the palm of my hand. All those little like Easter egg quotes from those old movies mm. bring back all those nostalgic emotions. So it's almost like. There are multiple times in this movie where I was instantly transported back to being like a 13-year-old kid. Right. Same, I was just like, oh, I'm there again. <laughs> oh my god. Like that was so that was so freaking satisfying. Here's another thing that I'm gonna say about the Sandman, the Sandman heel turn. I think the so, reason why they did that for him to be established as like an antagonist at the end was so that um there was more stakes. And like, I mean, you, of course, yeah, you know, and freaking, you don't, um, you don't want three Spider Man and Sandman versus yeah. the Sinister Six. No, no, no. <laughs> exactly. Sandman had not, to be a villain uh, at the end also, of the day, but also because of Do- also because of Doc Ock, you know, doing his face turn like at the end of the film, right? And freaking like help helping everybody out. So like, uh, Doc Ock got to have his moment of redemption. I was very satisfied with that, and like just yeah. the moment that freaking him and Toby, you know, like, how are you? And I was like, I cry- I could have cried. I, I, so I also have a question with that though, because it's like logistically or logically when they get transported back to their worlds 
Did they change their timelines? Right. Or did they do all this for nothing? Um, like, I, honestly, wouldn't that change their future too? That would mess up the future. Yeah, the it would change. Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield, as they are now, yeah. wouldn't be like that no. if they changed the past. So, it, so, so either they all questions. get tra- there's two versions. Either they all get transported back to their worlds and die and die and see what they were going to do, which makes this whole movie pointless. Yes, <laughs> or they get transported back and it completely changes their own timelines. I actually yeah. have I have three multiversal theories about that. So, okay, either a they all get sent back to separate timelines and they all get to live out their happy little lives. Ah, Dragon Ball Z rules. Yes, B. They all, um, they all go back to the points where they were supposed to die, and then everything like pans out exactly the way that it was supposed to be. Or C. So it makes no way home po- pointless. So not that one. <laughs> or C. Basically, um, anyone that belongs in Toby's universe go back, and that universe is now reset. Everyone's alive, and it's like you know, good, good guy ending for everybody. Same mm-hmm. thing with uh, Andrew, Andrew Garfield. Um, every, all those guys. Because I don't think they actually died. In uh in in uh Andrew Garfield's universe, I don't think Lizard died. I don't think uh, Electro died. Uh, uh, Lizard did die, I thought. I and thought- Electro, it wasn't clear, but he disappeared. Like it was like he kind of explains it to in, in No Way Home, where he's like, "I became energy," and then I don't know. I they all get picked up by the TVA and they're all in prison right now. Yeah, right? <laughs> no, 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 no. They're all in TVA right now. The TVA is non-existent right now, okay? The TVA is non-existent right now. You sure? <laughs> I mean, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty it's sure. It's alternate branch timelines that shouldn't exist. None of them should have lived. They all should have died. <laughs> no, and the TVA nah. should have all The multiverse is like up. broken right now and the TVA is like in a state of freaking chaos because they don't know what the fuck it's to do right now. It's going to eventually get fixed, I'm sure, because... and they're all going to go to jail. <laughs> The, multi- the multiverse Prude. is legitimately broken right now, and that's the only reason why the TVA hasn't like in, uh, intervened yet with any of this shit. And like, well, we that's all... because they got to go back to their timelines, and then they intervene, and they're they're, they're pruning them when they get to jail. Yeah. <laughs> the t- Can you the... imagine? Like, I would love to see a version of No Way Home where like we get these heartfelt like redemption oh, arc for Doc Ock, and then he he gets teleported back and instantly tased to death. <laughs> oh, what? <laughs> Hero. <laughs> your timeline wasn't supposed to happen no this honest was to goodness, not supposed I don't, to happen <laughs> i don't think they would freaking do all this shit just to go and freaking purge everybody afterwards and the whole point yeah. of the freaking tva was to protect the sacred timeline the one yeah. singular timeline there is no longer a singular timeline going on there's a yeah. multiverse going on right now and everything <laughs> is like imploded and there's too many multiverses going on right now for the tva to freaking even handle not to mention there's apparently new management with kang the conqueror going on right now yeah so i like so of your three multiverse theories i like the first and the third Mm, i I don't necessarily i I don't necessarily want andrew garfield and toby to reset but if it's to be reset in the best possible version of their timeline Mm. i do prefer that yeah you know what i mean like i i like the way they are but if there's a version where let's say gwen stacy didn't die i want that for andrew garfield's character i I would prefer that in fact i wish there was a post-credit scene where that did happen they went back to their universes and we got to right. see Mary Jane. That been we got cool. to see Gwen Stacy's back. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, give that them have been beautiful. ultimate closure if we're going to do that, right? Yeah, instead of gave us a trailer. Because especially that moment. I mean, the trailer was awesome, but I, I, wanted, awesome. I wanted more closure to some of these questions now. Yeah. <laughs> instead of waiting. Because that, that moment when Andrew Garfield catches Zendaya. That was awesome. That was oh heartbreaking. Yeah, Dude, I, I teared up a little my bit. My heart. My freaking heart when, like, Andrew Garfield, like, just, like, because everyone was talking about it. Like, every, I was going on TikTok and people were theorizing that Andrew Garfield right. was going to Oh, yeah. That was a big theory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like yeah. when he finally freking does it, it's like the most satisfying thing. And then he's and then and then MJ is MJ's like, are you uh, or um Andrew's like, are you okay? And then freaking MJ's like, are you okay? And she's like, yeah, I'm fine. I'm fine. But it's yeah. almost like it's why I gotta keep going back to these writers are fucking brilliant. They did 
so much research and mm. knew so like knew exactly how to swerve to. when the fans thought they were going one way, they would always swerve a different direction. Yeah. So even that scene, knowing what I knew about the theories of Andrew Garfield saving his day instead, but then seeing the trailers of Andrew, you see Toby or uh, you see Tom Holland Spider Man's hand reaching out to Zendaya. So they give you that moment in the movie where it's like, okay, she's falling. Okay, but Tom's got her. Oh, he doesn't got her. Fuck. But yeah. it's like, and then Andrew Garfield, like, oh, he's well, going to do it. I knew he was coming. I was like, oh, no. Yeah. He's going to miss. I know he's going to come. He's got to, okay. Yeah, exactly what I thought yeah. at that point. Because Green Goblin was a fucking mess <laughs> in this movie. He would have killed two people if Andrew Garfield wasn't there to help him. Right. Bro, what? <laughs> and let's, let's, let's start talking about um, the Sinister Six characters one at a time. Mm. I want to get to Green Goblin, but I think he's probably the most interesting, so I want to save him for last. Yeah. Um, Sam, starting with... Sam and Lizard? Or, yeah, Sam and Lizard? Yeah, they were probably the, the least important. Ones. They were like yeah. the, the CGI characters that I think made a cameo on a green screen for right. one shot so you can see their faces. <laughs> I, uh, I'm honestly surprised that they actually like had the time to get Thomas Hayden Church and Reese Ifans to like actually like, come in and play their characters. Cause I the fact thought... that you know both their names, bravo. <laughs> <laughs> I did my research before I came on here because I, I know how I am. I, I wouldn't have remembered if I hadn't freaking did my research. This is, this is why he's on the team. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I was honestly surprised that like those two guys actually came in and did their, uh, like actually like came in as their as themselves uh to do these roles again but you could tell it was like for one shot yeah you only saw them in a single shot by themselves yeah, yeah so you could tell yeah yeah basically because like sandman he was covered in sand for a majority of the time and then freaking like reese was a lizard for for a majority of the time and you don't even get to see them until like the very end when they're on the statue of liberty and like everything's like going back to normal yeah they were like the throwaway villains of this of this right of they this. were uh, basically crossover. here's how i knew that was going to happen when i saw the interview with um willem jamie and alfred um i knew right off the bat that these were the three villains that they were going to put more focus on you yeah. know and um I the knew faces that, yeah 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 so i knew those guys were going to get sidelined immediately you know and it's like it's not like they it's not like they didn't have uh, a presence in the in the film but like you know no they did they, they did just enough yeah with, especially sandman lizard yeah. Whatever. He was probably yeah. my least favorite villain of all the Spider-Man villains anyway, so I don't really care. Yet, but I yet don't call they... him the fifth one. The fifth villain. But, <laughs> but yet they couldn't get Venom. I was like, yo, if you, yeah, had that take, was weird. if you had taken out the lizard and put in Venom, I would have been happy. Wait, Tom Hardy's Venom or, or Foreman from 70s show Venom? Tom, <laughs> Tom Hardy fucking Venom, of course. Uh-oh. Keep, keep. Keep Tope for Grace away from my Spider-Man. But, but I, see, the reason why I feel like they didn't do that was just because... That Venom, I couldn't see fighting, fighting Spider-Man. Spider-Man. Mm. I was wondering how they're going to do that because Unless he's not really the... a, a villain anymore. No, he's straight you up. You can't have guy. him a, a, attack Spider-Man. It would be like, like Sandman, that. where it's like you just have to have a convenient excuse for why I'm going to fight you. Yeah, yeah. Because it's like we those other characters fight. all have a relationship with Peter Parker. Right. He did, had no. He was just going crazy over Spider-Man for some. Why is he going crazy the way? He... I mean, we all know that they, you know, when he looks he at has TV? a thing. But when he looks at the TV, what what is? Because it's the comic book thing. <laughs> That's really they, they're just like, oh well, they're supposed to have a relationship, so let's, let's just go for Hi, it. But hive mind, hive mind. That's why. So straight up, it's like I truly believe. I like his writing. <laughs> the symbiote hive mind, because basically, Bless if because basically, if Topher Grace's venom is connected with that with that symbiote hive mind, that means that like mm. Eve. That means that even oh, okay. the symbi- every symbi- venom is connected to Spider Man somehow. Even the symbiotes in the comic books, those those hive minds are even connected with the symbiotes. Mm. That's my theory. 
I'll go with that. Well, you don't want beef with any Venoms, then. God damn. Nope. Nah. <laughs> you got beef with one. You got beef with them all. No planet, baby. <laughs> we are Venom. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> um, and let's, let's let's talk about Doctor Octopus because I, the, like, once again, pick up the phone, Diz, because I called it. <laughs> I I really I, at first I was like, oh maybe I'm wrong when um Doc Ock and Peter are fighting and he grabs part part of Peter's suit. And it, the nano machines slowly go over his arms. At first, I was like, "Oh, I'm wrong. I thought that was gonna be like a thing Peter did purposefully to somehow take control of Doc Ock's arms." Right. But then, because it, it it was almost like Doc Ock made it happen, I was like, "Oh shit! He just got an upgrade." I was I wrong. I thought he got an upgrade mm-hmm. too. Yeah, mm-hmm. but then when he's able to control it, I was like, "Ah! I knew it! Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> you can't take Iron Man tech and just use it for your own and not expect to be like." one up by some kind of control system come on <laughs> see this is one of the funny things about that whole scenario is that you also have to remember bluetooth wasn't invented back in like 2002 2003 <laughs> no, was, was around so yeah so like the way that uh our new age peter parker is able to be doc talk is literally through the power of fucking bluetooth and that was fucking science <laughs> science you said technology was way further i guess in this universe than it is in theirs well, yes. for sure, because if we're going by the year they came out, it was probably the yeah, year Yeah, but if it was Toby's to time frame was current time frame to our time frame of this nah. universe's time frame, wouldn't yeah. he have technology the same as well or no? Well, that's what I'm saying. I think Toby McGuire and Dr. Octopus, like, I think it was the year 2000-something. In when that, Dr. Octopus. Yeah. So you just basically well, talking about the technology from when they died. Because No Way Home takes place in 2025 or something like that. Yeah, it was even like even further down the line from where we are right now. But freaking, I was gonna okay. say, Sp- uh, the original Spider-Man came out in two thousand two, and then uh, Spider-Man two came out, I think, in like two thousand three, two thousand four, and then yeah. uh, the third one came out, I think, in like two thousand seven. And I'm pretty sure like hmm. Bluetooth was just like slowly starting to like come through. So the fact that like uh, <laughs> our, our, our literally, literally, uh, freaking. Uh, Tom Holland was able to beat Doc Ock with the power of fucking Bluetooth, and he did not take. <laughs> and Doc Ock did not take that into consideration, and it's fucking amazing how clever Wait, that is. Bluetooth. I yeah. yeah. <laughs> I I also love that, and I don't know if I don't know Jeff if you read Ultimate Spider Man at all, but a lot of no. elements in this. Not only does it pull from stuff like No Way Home, Brand New Day, which is with like the forgetting uh, Peter Parker's identity and resetting the timeline stuff, but all the stuff with Sinister Six is very reminiscent to me of Ultimate Spider Man. Why even? Even wait what? Five. Sinister five. five. Oh, Sinister, Sinister five. five. Yeah, you're right. All right. Sinister five. <laughs> the fat five. <laughs> but um, in that comic, all the character, all this, all the his Spider-Man's villains knew who knew his identity. But then also, Doctor Octopus ended up being more on Peter Parker's side against Green Goblin. Right. So even that relationship, that that dynamic between the three of them, and in the comics, Green Goblin strip kills Doctor Octopus. Before he kills Peter Parker, mm. um, so I was worried for Doc Ock even. But in mm. by the time we get to that in fight where Green Goblin cuts off his arm, mm-hmm. that's a very Ultimate Spider-Man moment. He he destroys Doc Ock in the comics, so I like that they were able to incorporate that into this movie and really make Doc Ock kind of like the the heart mm-hmm. of of the villains. Mm. You could argue Green Goblin, but not really. Doctor Octopus was more of like the pure soul yeah. that was just being controlled by a force that. I gotta pay more attention the next time I watch it to see when exactly the Goblin switch off. I, I know exactly. Ha- it happened. I know exactly right when Doctor Octopus told him that he, it was something wrong with him. No, because right, what, right, what was Peter what had was, his tingle, or was it a little bit earlier? Because he was he was helping out and he was trying yeah. to get Otto to calm down. Yeah, I think that was all real. It was up until that that very moment he had his back turned to Doctor Octopus. Mm-hmm. And I forgot, do you remember what he said, Jeff? What he asked him, like or yeah, like, fiction? Yeah, just me. 
just me forget um i forget and like i think uh doc came up and he was like you all right norman is like yeah i'm fine yeah it's just or um freaking um he asked him uh how do you feel about uh finally being fixed or something like that yeah how do you feel about going back to your old old self and it's uh he he just said something along the lines of like yeah yeah um it's like is it is that you in the norman or something it's like yeah just me yeah, it was like whatever he said triggered green goblin yeah and yeah. that's where the turn came and then he explains Basically. it by saying that even even though he was good norman mm-hmm. green goblin's always there so he was yeah. watching through his eyes mm-hmm. everything that was happening so right. it's like he still had all the information he just wasn't he just in control, wasn't of control of the body at the yeah. current moment i asked that's amazing the scene too when peter got his tingle and he was just standing there around all the villains looking yeah that was such see. a weird way to film it yeah so tense. And he was in the center of so just tense. chaos and you don't know which one like is the one i love this movie for how they showcase spider-man's ability so that right. scene with the spider sins it gave mm-hmm. you like a it put you in, in Peter Parker's head of like, yeah, something's I can wrong, sense something's wrong. But I don't know but what I, yeah, exactly. Yeah, he's looking around. He even looks like Green Goblin at one point and keeps yeah. looking like, he's what like, is something's it? off and I don't know what it is. I don't know which one of you it is. I don't know if it's all of you. Yeah. But something's not right and they're all looking at me. Yeah. You okay? Yeah. And he's just looking and around him very slowly. Dull. And you know that Aunt May is against the wall looking like, okay, yeah. shit's about to go down, but I don't know. I'm looking for the signal. Aunt the filmmaking choices that I really mm-hmm. appreciate in this movie. So remember before I, I also mentioned, I'll mention for you, Jeff, um, in the beginning where it's revealed that, you know, Peter Parker's Spider-Man and they swing back to his house and right. it's that one shot in the, the apartment. Yeah. Him it's trying like, to keep reality simple. It's literally him trying to close out the outside the world. Chaos. And because of that one take, you feel closed What it's off like with to be him. with him. Yeah. yeah you're, you're, you're with him. You feel like the, the outside world is slowly pushing in and you're right. trying to keep everything out. Yeah. And you understood from his perspective of what the world is like. Yeah. It's just yeah. so interesting how you can make filmmaking choices that change how you emotionally view an image. Yeah, camera yeah. angles, the sound they were using. Yeah, you know. I mean, yeah, how... you're absolutely right. Even yeah. something as simple as a low angle makes you look powerful versus right. a high angle makes you look. And small. they made it look chaotic. Like his world mm. was chaotic. during that moment that the, he was around the Fabulous Five, <laughs> <laughs> and they I... lowered the camera, and you saw how it was panning, and you could see the frantic look in his face, mm-hmm. but nothing's going on. So you yeah. don't even know how to feel as the viewer. Yeah, you feel uncomfortable, but you don't know why yet. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so on that note, though, and Jeff is over here mourning already. Let's talk about the Green Goblin. (laughs) (laughs) Not hot, May. She was so hot. (laughs) She was so young. That was was painful, (laughs) (laughs) It was one of those you knew what happened, but it was no reaction, so you were so uncomfortable. (laughs) You're like, wait, did did it happen? Did it not happen? That's What's going on? Why things she that I never expected them to actually do, right. especially in a Disney Marvel movie, a Disney Spider-Man movie. Yeah. To go that dark, because like I said, my, in my in my non-spoiler review, they did this magic trick of making Aunt May the Uncle Ben of the MCU mm. Spider-Man. Right. Though it doesn't give me a slight complaint because it's like, what the fuck did Uncle Ben teach you? <laughs> he taught you nothing, Peter. <laughs> Plot, homecoming plot twist plot twist tony stark was uncle ben the entire time i mean he kind of was i that was a theory yeah but the fact that it was aunt may that gave him the not not comes not actually not at, not literally symbolically yes but yeah he was his father figure good enough. yeah for sure he was yeah. but in terms of the person that dies in his life that gives him the motto and creed to live by that's aunt may and that was always uncle ben so right. even though yeah. iron man was definitely a father figure right. he wasn't the Uncle Ben at the end of the day because the Uncle Ben is the person that dies and gives you that 
that that least a life to live what by. What was Tony's words to him before he died? Did Nothing. He's looked at him. <laughs> <laughs> no, Did literally. Have any no, literally. When he came back? No, he hugged him. Yeah. He just hugged him he and that was it. Because yeah. I didn't even pay attention to that scene because there was so much going on in that that film. Yeah. Oh my that God. the two of them that that you know when he finally came back and he was happy that you know he he was unblipped, but there was no type of. Scene I mean the hug. The honestly, the hug was enough because that yeah. was the end of their arc. Yeah. That that homecoming started with Tony not being comfortable enough to give Peter a hug. Mm. So for him to mm, hug Peter without any like he didn't he didn't prompt him he didn't ask for it he just yeah. went right to Peter and hugged him. Hug, Peter was just talking. Yeah. He's just like just bring it in. And Peter was like, oh, 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 this is nice. <laughs> yeah, like that was cute. And then he just died looking at him like, <laughs> oh, my God. Mr. Stark, we won. Yeah. Did we, Peter? <laughs> so sad. So freaking yeah. sad. But, but yeah, so for Marissa Tomei to be the Uncle Ben in MC Peter Parker's life and to give those words. I mean, just the way it happened. It was because terrible. when that glider hits her. I think we did. We all think she was dead right there. Literally, I thought she was dead. Literally, and when she got up, I was like, "Oh, I'm what looking for her, looking a little frail and a little discombobulated." And there it is. Yeah, she got ragdolled. Like yeah. literally, the way it hit her, she, she got, got up too flung. fast. Yeah, complete shock. Mm-hmm. She was in shock. And then on top of that, he throws the pump. And I love Greg Galvin's face. That me. He has such a troll face when he threw the bomb. But yeah, then when yeah. so not only did she get ragged up by getting hit at mock speed by a fucking glider, but then an ex- a massive explosion right next to her. Yeah. <laughs> but like, then, well, if I didn't take her out with this, this should do it. Yeah, but then when she <laughs> pops up, like, oh, I'm good. Oh, Peter, you okay? Like, yeah, yeah, it's like, that oh, slow no. realization, and we called it. We yeah, both so she's yeah. about to fall over. Yeah, just waiting for it. Everything's getting too. She's getting too comfortable. But Jeff, how did you feel about that? Did you feel the same way? Y'all don't understand. Freaking, I have loved Marissa Tomei for like a very long time. Freaking like. Like like literally um the first my first Marissa Tomei movie was a movie called Oscar and like she played like like the most adorable scene she was like Sylvester Stallone's daughter and freaking um so I knew Marissa Tomei's She's acting got for like a crush. Her. <laughs> shut shut the hell up don't judge me don't judge like, me I was a- Jeff was like it should have been me <laughs> it should have been me <laughs> don't don't take me man. take me <laughs> literally literally so that's that shit freaking hit hit home for me and it hit very hard when i finally saw it and i was like no why no but then it's like literally like even though that happened and we had that tragic scene like the movie was still somehow able to like bring you back up from that and you still mm. like yeah it was still able to like keep that like inspiring like upbeat tone the rest of the film even though that even though that happened but like but did you feel like like when she hopped up after being hit by the glider, were you like, oh, she's good, she's fine? Or did yeah, you go like, oh, absolutely. God. Oh, you did, you bought of it. Of course, of course I did. Of course I thought she was like, oh, okay. they got her. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, they got me, man. It was me like, just, nah, I, I was like, oh, no. Oh, no, she got him too quick. Yeah, she got too too quick. She's in shock. She's going to go down. Look for her looking discombobulated. And there you are. Yeah. I, I, knew, out. I knew that there was like too much stuff going on that like there was going to be at least like one person dying in this film and I honestly thought it was going to yeah. be happy but freaking yeah uh, me too actually but no freaking it was it was Aunt May and like freaking like that broke my heart to see that man so yeah like I, I did believe it happy. I thought like she was going to be okay but but that, yeah poor fucking happy man it's like who the hell does he have but it was great but what did he see last because if he if, if, if everyone forgot about Peter the last thing he saw was Spider-Man, Spider-Man leaning over his 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 girl and disappearing, and yeah, her happy, being dead. 
Happy really has like the hardest time in the MCU. He lost his best friend, he lost his potential girl, and he lost his potential like son figure. Uh, yeah. Peter. <laughs> now he's completely oh. alone. Oh, here's another question that I have for you two. How do we? Oh, how do you guys feel about uh, Michelle Jones being Michelle Jones Watson now? Wait, I was confused by that because I thought her name was just M- Michelle Jones. No, it's Michelle Jones Watson confirmed. See, I, I thought. And that was just for this movie they established that? Yes. Yeah, okay. I don't I don't mind that. I always I always I, I like the twist of her being a, M- a, a reveal MJ at the end of Spider Man Homecoming. Mm. So I, I don't I don't mind it. I, I I like even in this movie where Toby literally explains, Oh, that's my MJ. Like yeah. you know what I mean? It's like I have an MJ, that's an MJ. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, I like that. I like that in the multiverse of Spider-Man, there's always AMJ, and it doesn't have to be Mary Jane Watson. Is Andrew going to go home now since uh, he lost his uh, Gwen and look for MJ? He's going to go find an MJ. <laughs> That's how I should end. You know, hey, my name I, is Mary or whatever yeah. you want to name her in this quote. I was going to say, I actually found some BTS photos uh, online somewhere, and the plan for freaking uh, The Amazing Spider-Man 3 was they were actually going to introduce Mary Jane Watson after freaking wow. Gwen Stacy okay. died. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that's yeah. what you should do. Yeah. That's like yeah. the logical thing. That's what happened in the comics. So. But you'll yeah. know right off the bat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, your name's yeah. Mary. This is great. Yeah, <laughs> yeah literally. Um, for... But yeah, poor Mr. Tomei, because like, and it, but she was such a great acting performance, because mm-hmm. even though... It wasn't clear, so for someone like Jeff, it it was a genuine surprise. Mm. But even when you look at her performance, you could tell, like you said, shock. She was I, shocked. Yeah, you could read it. You could yeah. read it in her her in her. She was frazzled. Her body language. Her she like was she was shaking, shaking a little bit. Yeah, her she voice was trying was... to make sure he's okay. She went into the mother nurturing uh, stage of making sure he was okay. You could tell it was adrenaline. Yeah, it was just before, the adrenaline before of... even checking on herself. Yeah. Uh. And it was so sad that they made it like she didn't know it was happening. Like, I thought at yeah, first like, maybe she knew. I, just need to I thought she second. knew at first. Yeah. But when she started looking at him and he's looking at the blood and she was like, what? Like, she she looked like she had no idea yeah. what was going on at that point. that's usually what happens. I mean, not usually. Like, but I, I thought she that knew die, something but... was going on and she was making sure he was okay. No, yeah, she was no. clueless. So she, she didn't would, yeah. know that she was on her way out, which is what made it more heartbreaking. Because we've all been there, right? Where you get like a, you a cut, cut yourself or something. And then you look and you're like, oh, why am I bleeding? Yeah. Oh, this is not good. Yeah. But literally, she looked and she was looking at him like, "What? Why are you? I'm just tired. Let me rest." Yeah, I just need to rest for a little. <laughs> I need bit. to rest for a little bit. And he's like, "What? What? It was. It was terrible. Yeah, really sad. And especially this Peter has lost so many people. Like he's lost Uncle yeah. Ben. Now he's lost Aunt May. He lost Iron Man. Like and like we were saying before, Marissa Tomei. She's so she's hot, right? But it's because mm-hmm. she's young. And yeah. like that's what made me so surprised that they were going to do. Yeah, even Tom Holland, he looks so perpetually rude. seventeen. So yeah. he even he feels too. I know he's going to college, but it still feels like he's too. He's just a boy. He's, he's just too a young baby. to be living in an apartment living by himself with nobody. He's a babe. How is he going to eat? Yeah, and, now, <laughs> and now he doesn't even have like the MCU connection or the Tony Stark connection of yeah. like having money. Now everything's been erased. Yeah. No one even knows who he is. But now he's poor Peter Parker from the comics. Yeah, like, that's how they got him there. Now he's got a sewing suit. No yeah. more, no more iron spider suits. I also liked uh, the again whoever wrote this movie. I guess it was John Watts. I think he was the writer and director. Mm. But they did the research. Every line had meaning. Every right. every line of dialogue was some reference to something. So there was a quick moment, quick, super quick of of Marissa Tomei's Aunt May talking to Doctor Octopus mm-hmm. and kind of flirting a little bit. Did you notice that? Like a little bit, of like hey, like, oh. that's, that's in the comics. Aunt May and Doctor Octopus at one point hook up. It's grosser because uh, she's way older. <laughs> oh my God. But the, even that, like 
you are such a fans of Spider-Man, you know all of his history to make every connection possible with these characters before we're out of this this franchise or this this movie, this trilogy, whatever. Well, oh, that's another thing. How you knew she was out? Soon as she started giving Peter the speech. Oh, when like, she said oh, great power, no. I was like, don't say those words. With great power, she's going to drop dead in under 30 seconds. <laughs> and my heart broke into a million pieces. <laughs> those words are cursed. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my but, God. But on that note, let's talk about Green Goblin. Because uh, William Defoe and, and oh, probably that man, he yes. is 65, 66, something like that. And did his One own fucking two, stunts. Did his yes. own fucking stunts. stunts. I'm sure he didn't do all his stunts. But at least the the physical stunts he that could was do, a like, condition like punching, kicking. Yeah, that was a that was you a condition. Could, he you he said tell. that if it, yeah, if he want he he made a condition. If he was to come back and do this film at sixty six, he wanted to do all of his own stunts and be make sure that he was the guy in the costume the entire freaking time. And I commend mm-hmm. him. And I commend him for that. He did an awesome you know? job. Like straight up. Like that's why Willem Dafoe is the freaking goat. And I wish he and I would I I well, I hope I don't know. I, don't I know wish he, he didn't go back to his universe at the end. He needs mm. to be the Green Goblin of the MCU. I don't want to oh see another God. Green Because yeah, after either. this movie, look, Green Goblin was already the definitive villain of the Tobey Maguire movies. Right. But now after this movie, he is the definitive villain of all Spider-Man movies. Right. So right. I don't want, like, there's no Spider-Man no 6 where you're fighting, like, the biggest bad of the Spider-Man universe, and it's not William Defoe's Green Goblin. Mm-hmm. He no. nailed it. His facial expressions, his Joker-esque cackling. At the end, when... To- or P- Toby. Uh, when Peter, uh, Tom Holland's Peter is is wailing on him, and he's just giving him the Joker. <laughs> oh, I was he's... like, "Yo, he stabbed Toby." That was my fear too. Yo, I that was, was a like, moment. No, that you're was... not gonna kill Toby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because that was also a rumor of like, "Oh, if Toby McGuire's in the movie, is he gonna die?" Yeah. So when he kill- when he stabbed so... Toby, that was a moment everyone in the theater went from like, "Don't kill him, Peter," to "Kill, kill that him. motherfucker, kill <laughs> him dead, <laughs> Yo, beat him to uh... death." <laughs> Especially I'm gonna since tell he intervened to I'm gonna stop. tell you both, like, yeah. I'm gonna tell you both something right now. So that they put that scene in there at like the very last minute because apparently there's an alternate take of that entire scene where Toby actually dies. But are you no. serious? How do you know that? I I heard it through the grapevine. Oh, the grapevine. Yeah. <laughs> I, I can see that. <laughs> because honestly, it was a weird moment afterwards where Andrew's like, Are you alright? He's like, I've been stabbed before, it's okay. <laughs> yeah, but that looked like a fatal stab. Yeah, yeah you, you can know, tell. That there was you know, another version, or there could have been another version where... That was it. Yeah, that was it. I guarantee you, when this movie comes out on, on video, on Blu-ray and all that shit, freaking, we're going to get some like alternate cuts and alternate takes, and I guarantee you there's going to be an alternate death scene for Tobey Maguire. And the I, re- don't I, I don't want to see that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't want to see oh, that. Oh, you will! I oh, like you will! Fans. I was like, no, F this version! Yeah, we riot! Yeah, there's a control... Like, you know what, let's pull this out. Let's not do yeah, this. Yeah, there was a focus group. I'm sure everyone was like, fuck <laughs> that! People people responded to Hot May, they're not going to like this, we just take this part yeah, out. Yeah, you can't take away Hot <laughs> May and Tobey Maguire in the same movie. Choose, just... choose which one you're going to kill. No, yeah. both. no straight up, straight up. I th- they did uh, from what I was from what I heard, they reshot that last scene at the very last minute to keep Toby alive because of the potential that the three of them have together, working together as a unit with three Spider Man. So yeah, bring that, that shit back. Yeah. For real. So that definitely tells me that because this movie was so successful and having all three of those Spider-Man on screen together, I don't think that's going to be the last time that we get Spider-Man from the hey, multiverse together, together like that. Yeah. I, I want a full Spider-Verse movie. Like, like, like Yeah, full. we cured him, and then he just went back to doing crazy stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we cured his work. Well, there's also a world in which they've already established now that there, there's no Oscorp in the MCU. Right. So does that imply there's no Norman Osborn? 
And if that's the case, then we, we need to characters. have Willem Dafoe as Green Goblin. And if right. that's the mm-hmm. case, there's still a world in which they haven't done Ultimate Green Goblin. Mm-hmm. And Ultimate Green mm-hmm. Goblin is basically Goblin Hulk. Mm. So there's still oh, a, yeah. a higher echelon of Green Goblin we can go. So that that needs to be... And that's how Peter Parker died in the Ultimate Comics. Right. So my hope is... I'm, I'm throwing out a prediction now, like 10 years before it comes out. But in Spider-Man 6, if they have Ultimate Green Goblin versus Peter, I want him to die. Because they didn't get Miles Morales right after. Mm. That's what yeah. I want. And the fact that they you know had I- a Miles Morales reference in this, when Jamie Foxx was like talking to Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man, it was like, yeah, you're always helping poor people. I thought you were black. <laughs> 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 oh, and he's like, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> that was so funny. <laughs> Joke's on him. But- there is a black Spider-Man. Exactly. But I like that little yeah. Easter egg nod to it. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Same here. But before I get off Green Goblin, I'm sure we're going to talk about more when we get to the Spider-Man conversation, but Green Goblin, him, the fr- I, I, it was I was speculating before the movie going into this movie that they were going to have the same level of brutality that Sam Raimi had in the first Spider-Man movie with Green Goblin. Because he's a right. horror director. So that's why that last battle had so much blood and it was so like visceral looking. But Goblin they almost got there. He the was. first fight between him and Peter, he where he's suplexing Peter through the fucking, yeah. <laughs> like, yo, it was like wrestling moves through the fucking apartment building. Like. Right. Word. That was nuts. Everyone it was gave like, me, oh, yeah, that took me back to Spider-Man 1, where Peter Parker's, or Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man, was almost outclassed in terms of strength by Green Goblin every time they fought. Yeah, because it's literally like, he don't give a fuck. Damn. No, it's, no. it's just the way he, he hits him. Yeah. Like, mm, take that. Yeah. <laughs> and boy. he's laughing. <laughs> oh, my God. That's that's Willem Dafoe for you, man. Freak it up. It was just the, yeah. the, the scales of it. Gentle, old, oh. frail man. Savage. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Psychopath. Two seconds later. So he's he like, you want to be savage. gentle? Help him up the stairs. Carry his groceries for him. Make sure he's okay. Chuck on him. Grandpa, Miser- why? <laughs> Throwing missiles and stabbing you with random objects. His body slam. It's like, god damn. Bro. Mm. Misery, so misery, terrifying. misery. That's what you've chosen. Yeah, man. The Green Goblin quotes fucking made this. <laughs> oh, my God. Dude. Uh, so and, oh, also, they, they definitely paid off that moment in Spider-Man 1 where he breaks into Aunt May's uh, hospital room and is like, finish it! And she's like, finish it! Finish it! Deliver us from evil! (laughs) (laughs) He was more intimidating in this movie than in Spider-Man 1 by far. Yeah, he was. Like, they gave him menace. Yeah. Like that was a campy menace, but they gave him menace menace in this. Between the, the, the character types, you know? Like, I mean... In the first one, he he was he wasn't a great guy, mm. and he went from not great guy to evil. This one, he went from sweet old man to horrifying. Yeah. So it, it made it worse for me. Yeah, he was a bad dad, Peter. You don't want to help this guy. Yeah. <laughs> no, the others are second chances. He well, was a bad original, father before he became yeah, a goblin. He wasn't a great guy in the original either. So it was it was more or less he it went from not so great yeah. to horrible. Back to formula. <laughs> <laughs> Back to formula. Um. So let's, let's let's get into what we're all here to talk about. Let's let's talk about those cameos. And that's actually talk to, to loop back to some of our complaints. That was one of the complaints I had too. Just it felt how do I put this? It didn't feel like a momentous enough moment to just be like it felt like and here's Spider-Man. Yeah. And here's the amazing Spider-Man. It wasn't like a the chips are down. And here they come. The, yeah, the, the moment. To the rescue. Yeah, the, like the, 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 a moment where it it's, makes all the difference 
to have them there or not. It was more like a, oops. Oh, wait, here they go. Yeah. It, <laughs> okay, to give it a comparison, it wasn't the in-game final scene of Unleft. Right. It wasn't that. It was just like, and they're here. You know you know what this movie's about. They're here now. Let's just go. <laughs> now, granted, seeing them was still, like the moment that the portal opens and you see Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man kind of look through the portal and you're like, is that Peter? No, that's not MCU. It's Spider-Man Andrew Garfield. Yeah. Yeah. But it wasn't the story that made me hyped. You get you know what I'm saying? It was just mm. the fact that they were there. Well, it's like they jumped in just in the Bro. to be there and to support him, and that was it. They literally They're all in. here <laughs> to support you, current Peter. Yeah, and that's it. We don't, you know, we don't. We, we're just here for that. You were even cool being called <laughs> Peters two and three. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. We're cool being side characters, side Peters. Like, so, well, how did you feel about that, Jeff? I had no. Comp- I mean, like, the, literally, the only like iffy thing for me was like the whole thing with Ned, like getting him through the portal, but like. Of course, in my fucking head canon, it makes sense because freaking, <laughs> I don't know. Ned has some kind of, Ned has an emotional connection with Peter Parker. So that's the only logical explanation I have as to why he's able to bring other Peter Parkers in from the multiverse. That's the only reason why I think that was even able to freaking like work the way that it did. All right, but he was still able to I, open the portal to, to the yeah. final battle. Yeah, I was like, yeah. is, does that work still later? Once you do it once, you can do it infinitely now <laughs> well you know what i was gonna say he wasn't able to close the portal back up when but he was able to open it yeah but he wasn't able to close it when he tossed the box so that was like okay that makes more sense there's a limit to the whole to the whole thing that you know but anyway See, i i saw that as performance anxiety <laughs> and, but i mean the yeah, fact that he was true. even able to open it was like just because all the peters were there he was able to open it multiverse multiverse um so yeah i was gonna say dude honestly i had no complaint i had the way that they were just like brought in i really didn't have yeah. any complaints because i was too freaking happy about how things were going and like the fact that like finally we got to see freaking and- andrew come in and like people were like going wild as soon as mm-hmm. like all of them came in like i even watched um some like leaks that came on of those of, of that specific scene and literally every theater that like i'm watching oh yeah yeah the, everyone's losing their shit everyone's How losing could you their not like yeah. <laughs> it's like you finally know, it's <laughs> like fi- finally and like i was like so freaking happy when like i finally got to see uh toby and toby and andrew uh come in and like the and like literally i was <laughs> I was laughing at the fact that like they weren't they weren't even like trusting the fact that he was Peter Parker and I and uh the way that uh Andrew was like okay I I I get you're not a very trusting person and I, and I respect it and then he <laughs> dude freaking Ned I loved everything he was saying from the sticking to the walls like is this enough like no it's not enough like what do you mean it's not enough it's definitely enough <laughs> the the organic this is, this web shooter yeah, joke bring that up yeah it's like wait it's so like you, you don't have to yeah, refill yeah, yeah, yeah. no I just. <laughs> Wait, what? Like, does that come out of you? Like, where, does it come out of anywhere Another else? Places? <laughs> <laughs> just wrist. That's that's one of the reasons why I love I love the way that they executed it was because like they didn't actually just come in for a quick fucking like you know let's come come in save the day whatever they actually came in and they actually all got to like interact with interact each with each other yeah I'm not saying yeah. I want them to come in for the final battle I'm saying yeah that we it, needed them there to talk but yeah but just a better done, way yeah rather than just go like and pearls open they're here and literally it could have been the second act fight it could have been literally the fight went to the bathroom right when when toby not toby when um andrew's character came out yeah i, I come back and toby's there and i'm like wait, wait how did toby get here he was like same thing yeah you, didn't, you didn't miss anything you just opened another portal and you came in yeah, i was like oh okay i guess i didn't miss anything <laughs> so so my complaint is that because we have movies like into the spider-verse we've seen now how you can do a spider-verse movie and have the older part peter parker characters be mentors to the younger spider-man characters right. so in a perfect world it, the movie i had in my head 
was that Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield would have come in much earlier in the movie. Maybe the movie would have even started in their universes to establish that their the, the multiverse is a thing, and then we segue to them in No Way Home. Kind of like Miles and his At the end of the first act, into the second act, whenever you're fighting Electro and Sandman even, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. maybe in that fight, Andrew Garfield shows up and helps him fight Electro. You yeah. know what I mean? But just so that there's more time to become a more mentory figure for right. Tom Holland's Spider-Man. Because like you said, it was very much like, hey, we're here and we don't really know what's going on, but, but we're going to give that young Spider-Man like a, a, some mentory advice right. to help him out. I mean, they needed to be there during those scenes, yeah. but I feel like they needed to be there probably a little bit earlier too. Or you yeah. can introduce one in that, in that comical way and the other one I feel like it would have been more exciting if he came in mid-battle. I think Andrew Garfield should be introduced first and yeah. Tobey Maguire introduced. Should have showed up in mid-battle. Yeah. And that would have been epic. Yeah. Like to have him almost die and have one of them, you know, swoop in and save him. Yeah. But granted, again, these are just things I, you know, kind of wanted to happen, but what we right. got, I'm fine with. Like, it, Yeah, I'm cool with that It's too. still, like, that's the thing, like, even though the execution of their appearance wasn't that great, what they did with them in the narrative while they were in the movie was right. perfect. And how All they had the conversations, interact with each other. Yeah, the entire science, first conversation. Science bros. Oh, yeah, we got in the we got back. The- the, the, back problems. Yeah. Yeah, the back problems. Yeah, the back problems. Spider-Man yeah. meme and then pointing at each other. They're right. Like, hey, Peter. That's all three of us. It like, was no, all fans no, Peter, the whole Peter thing. <laughs> that's, that's all of us again. Like, no, that, that Peter Parker. <laughs> like, um, the, the conversation the three of them have when they first go to find Tom Holland Spider-Man mm-hmm. and they start talking about loss. Right. Like, the thing Spider-Man 3 didn't do well, that this movie did really well, was tie all the villains and characters together with a common theme. Mm-hmm. They didn't execute that properly with Spider-Man 3. But I feel like with this movie, they did. And the common right. theme for the villains was redemption. And the common theme for the other Spider-Men was loss and overcoming tragedy. Right. And that's what bonded. Like That was like the glue that kept this movie's narrative together. So when they're talking about things like, oh, we lost people too. Like, in, the, in the perfect moment where the this Spider-Man has lost the biggest person in his life, mm-hmm. the most like shocking loss for us as the audience, for those characters to come in and go like, yo, We've been there. We've been there. Being yeah. Spider-Man sucks. We know, but you'll get through it. And you know, we we also have wise words of encouragement for you. And that this is another one of my small nitpicks that you even kind of mentioned, where <laughs> Tony's oh, like, yeah. <laughs> "Great power comes great responsibility." <laughs> and Tom's like, "Wait, how do you know that?" And then Andrew goes, "Uncle, Uncle ben, ben said it." Yeah, I was like, how do you know? Your Uncle Ben didn't say that, you liar. <laughs> how do you know? <laughs> your Uncle oh, Ben was talking God. about like, well, you have a responsibility to do those things. And <laughs> like, so that was a, kind of like a weird retcon of the Amazing Spider-Man and Uncle Ben. Mm-hmm. But I still like the, uh, the, the connective tissue of all three of those characters. Right. Because I was going to say, um, this is another reason why, this is another reason why the whole uh, Spidey Sense multiverse connection uh, mm. is, is established because so when Toby and Andrew like first first come in and they like see each other you don't see the spider sense go off but like you can tell that like they know what's up and they're literally like staring at each other because like Toby comes in and he says like I feel it's like I I sense something and I feel like uh your friend needs my help but like, he's like wait he's not your friend and then they both look at each other and then that's when I think they're both their spidey sense go off and they like they can sense something about each other <laughs> and then they do the whole flip 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 yeah. flip with the freaking uh spider web. i missed yeah oh my god you missed that dude that was like yeah bit- oh yeah you weren't there you yeah, walked yeah. in the bathroom i came back did i miss anything nope <laughs> i mean all you, you just got here <laughs> you missed Tobey mcguire styling on andrew garfield <laughs> he's like i'm better bah, gotcha. so good he, 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 so, he blocked his web so good webs. Ah. yeah so good yeah that was a really that dope moment was, it was so- 
It really, it really was. But then freaking um. I'll catch it on the rewatch. What was I? What was I? What was I gonna say? Something about. Spider-Man. I mean, I even like that the the Spider Verse. You, I mean, the, the network of spiders. Yeah, <laughs> the yeah, network yeah, of yeah, spiders. Yeah. How they're spider connected. Yeah. And how that works. So you're getting so, to where. So, Yes, yes, yes. So basically, that's how they know, that's how they know to come like to that universe is because they can sense like Tom Holland uh, through 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 the through through the through the Spidey sense through the Spider Spider Verse. That's how like the whole the whole thing works. That's how. Mm. Yeah, yeah. And I liked when they are working together to defeat the villains, and even Andrew Garfield like puts on like the, the scientist jacket, and he's like, "I got this. Don't worry. I beat him once before. I know how to cure lizard." He's like, "You got this." I got this. <laughs> like, and that's yeah. my thing. I still think Andrew Garfield is the best Spider-Man. Everything, and look, I like Tobey Maguire a lot in this, but in terms of raw charisma, mm-hmm. you can't oh my God. tell me Andrew Garfield was the most charismatic. Dude, like, straight he, up. Like, every scene he was in, all his dialogue, he'd be like, yeah, I'm a loser. You guys are awesome. Like, like, no, no. The, and then you're Toby amazing. Comes in like, you're no, amazing. listen to me. You're, you are amazing. Listen, I need you to say, hear this. You are amazing. And I was, I was like, Thanks, yes, guys. I, re- I really, really needed to hear that. That, that was so <laughs> yeah. good. That was and so, it was so meta. It was like, it was. It's Toby telling the audience, like, he's great, too. Don't, yeah. don't make fun of him because you didn't get a third movie. He's great. <laughs> and also when they started working together as a team and they made that mention that they are not used to working yes. with the team. Yes. Even that. That's such a great – again, everything oh had a purpose. Because yes. if they just went in there and they had perfect teamwork, it's like, all right, that's cool. But what makes you root for them so much at the end is that moment of like, oh, yeah, they're not used to working together as a yeah, team. Always... So And then Tom Holl- that's, and that's the thing. Made Tom Holland's uh... Spider-Man can bring mm-hmm. to the table that neither of them have which is that experience working on a team. And he's like, hey, I'm not going to brag, <laughs> but I'm going to brag. That's part of the Avengers. And Tony Gar's like, wow! <laughs> Wait, what is that? What, <laughs> what is that? Is you that were in a band? band? Were you in a band? <laughs> That's so cool! Wait, aren't we fighting? <laughs> How is but this helping? Get, but then when you get that awesome moment that was changed in the trailer of Tobey Mag- or, uh, Tom Holland Spider-Man swinging in front of the moon, but mm-hmm. then it's all three of them, they all do the superhero landing at the same time. You're like, yeah! yeah! I'm like so much oh poster art they couldn't use for spoilers. Yeah, <laughs> the, best. the best. That was like all those most satisfying, fucking... most satisfying thing. But yeah, I was gonna say Andrew Andrew Garfield. Freaking um, I I just loved all of his dialogue in this. Like it really like, I I, I fell in love with the man. Freaking like watching watching this movie because it's like the one moment when freaking like they're about to go into battle and freaking's like wait. I love you guys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That is so Peter Parker, man. That is, like, that really is my is. Peter Parker. Even uh even the one point freaking before that when they're like chilling on uh, on uh on the scaffolding and freaking he's like I always wanted brothers freaking like I was like yeah. yeah. It was so genuine and like I, I loved it yeah. so much. I mean going going back to that first conversation between all three of the Spider-Man when they're talking about loss and he talks about not being able to save Gwen. Like, mm. got choked up a little bit. Like, you could see, like, that the, the lack of closure there for him. Mm-hmm. And even the conversation between Toby and uh, and Ned that I referenced at the beginning of this podcast with uh, with you, Jeff, <laughs> where it's like, like, oh, you have a best friend in your world, too? It's like, yeah, it was Harry. Yeah, he, he died. He died in my arms. So tragic. And just Ned's face, <laughs> like, <laughs> he walks away. <laughs> and then he walks up to Peter, and he's like, just so you know, no matter what, I won't become evil. I won't try to kill you. And it is <laughs> Andrew Garfield like puts a hand on his shoulder, like I <laughs> he just nods. Like, you got to fight aliens? Oh, that's so cool. I got to fight a rhino. <laughs> yeah. I got to fight like, a robot oh, rhino. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you guys, I'm so lame compared to you guys. Like, no, you are not lame. You are not lame. <laughs> oh my god. 
it was it, like i also feel like it was a missed opportunity though because freaking like because venom is literally inside the movie and peter and uh toby's here talking about freaking like venom his venom in his universe yeah yeah literally yeah. literally so literally so i was like I was, I was just like y'all were setting up the seeds were like right there like why yeah like, why and venom why? sitting having drinks in a bar like, this is stupid in kind of <laughs> in freaking mexico like yeah. So does that count as Sinister Six? He's just the six guy just wasn't there. Like he's at the bar, you know, he no. just kind of missed the, the whole thing. No, that uh, is the fan- okay. no, that is the fantabulous five, my friend. You cannot change my mind. <laughs> <laughs> um. So then we get Doctor Strange doing what he does, and I saw a lot of memes recently where it's like, so if you just had everyone forget about Mysterio, you would have been good. All of this right. could have been avoided. Cause you, right? don't. Yeah, like, <laughs> why didn't we think about that? He's dead. That affects no one. Like, yeah. <laughs> everyone just forgot he existed. No, no big yeah. deal. So they do the uh, the the one more day thing where they basically rewrite hit like rewrite reality, and now no one remembers Peter Parker at all. And that tragic moment at the end where he goes to talk to Zendaya, and you know, I'll, I'll find you. I'll tell you all about us. You remember? Yeah, that was. And he decides not too. to. Where do you think that's going? Do you think in Spider-Man is four through six, the they're going to completely heel turn, pivot, and reset Peter Parker's life, and have him meet new people, and and find his a new Gwen Stacy? He's going to move no, on, or are we going to double back to Ned and and MJ? I think we're going to double 4 back and try to make them remember. I think he's going to try to make them remember eventually, mm, at some point. Yeah. I don't know how. I uh, feel like he... I I honestly personally feel like that Ned's going to have a heel turn in this new. Uh, trilogy of Spider-Man, and then like he's gonna somehow like become a villain. I don't know if they're gonna. Like, oh yeah. man, I hope that wasn't yeah. foreshadowed. I wanted that to be like the. No, we're not gonna do that. I mean, that'd be a good way to try to get him to remember after he's evil. Well, we were best friends. <laughs> oh yeah. no, basically, we were basically, basically, that's that's we what I think is going to happen. Man. Ned's gonna become some form of villain, maybe Hobgoblin. Wait, what villain. school were they going and that to? That would involve Zendaya. They're right going there, to MIT. Since her, since, yeah, uh, they're going to Ned yeah, they're going to MIT. Mm, sounds like a place that you can do a lot of science experiments. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, no. Yeah. Oh. yeah, but that's a perfect segue for him to try to get him to remember him. Yeah. Yeah, so I don't know. That's even more tragic. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Like, ah. I feel like the I feel like the only way that they could like restore their memories is of course through magic. So maybe like I don't know, maybe they'll bring back Doctor Strange to like somehow like um you guys, to stay away. Do you guys do you guys remember uh the one movie with the alien Paul? Yeah. Do you remember how he went up to the one chick and like made her like see all this like space time and everything? Like when uh her and uh like basically like cuz she was like like I mean she, they I, I get what you're saying. They kind of yeah. did that in um Crisis. Uh the terrible CW crossover at the end uh, where I forgot shit and then they had Marshall Manhunter touch everybody's head and make them remember. Uh, that, exactly. That's what yeah. I that's what I think they're probably going to do in the next trilogy. Possibly. Yeah. I'd be cool with that. Why does I, it work on Doctor Strange too? Like, he casts a spell and you, he You can't he be immune to your own spell, yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> well, yeah. He's not a good sorcerer. We've already established this. So. I mean, you could change the spell <laughs> for no. other people the last time when he did it the first time. He no. can't change it, at least for himself? No, bad sorcerer. <laughs> All right, so everybody just forgets again. Okay. Uh, so how did you guys feel about the ending, though, with uh, Peter Parker getting the classic red and blue suit and now we reset to comic book status quo? Basically. sweet. For me, that felt like like freaking uh, the little the, like the perfect bow on uh, on a rap on a rap package because like this movie definitely felt like a Christmas present to the fandom. So like mm. when you finally see that moment of Spidey like jumping through the streets and it's the retro costume, like you know it's like perf- like perfect per- through the snow and everything. It's like perfect ending. Yeah. yeah, I feel like the the relationship between MJ and and Tom 
had finally reached like a place where I was starting to believe it in this movie. Yeah. I didn't really buy them as a couple in no, Far I didn't From either. Home. So in this movie, like by the very end, I was like, okay, now the relationship between MJ and Peters is starting officially. And, and now it's released. <laughs> yeah. And it's gone. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just like, wow, they got to bring them back together because it's so weird to build up that chemistry just to get rid of it. Like, you know yeah. what I mean? And they're together in real life too. So that's yeah. kind of weird. Yeah. This, this is the thing that, this is the tragedy and the ir- tragic irony of filmmaking and script writing that I hate is when you give your characters happiness, you must take it away from them. Which is literally ev- every concept that's been applied to like every single form yeah. of comic book media for I don't know how freaking long. It's like nobody wants to read a book about a happy person. <laughs> <laughs> Drama, Jeff. It sucks. Yeah. Um, and I guess we can wrap up with the uh, the Doctor Strange trailer at the end. Like, how did you guys feel about that? I- I'm excited. Like, they haven't done that since Captain America: First Avenger, I think, when they had a Avengers trailer at the end of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that tells me that if they're doing that for this movie, that Multiverse of Madness is gonna be fucking huge. Oh yeah, mm. like we don't I'm... we don't do solo movies anymore. They're all just Avengers lights. <laughs> like <laughs> I want to see yeah. the trailer again. Yeah. There's so much stuff going on. I feel like you gotta have missed it. Really, some yeah. things. I was gonna say this is. I feel like the Multiverse of Madness is slowly becoming like the, the House of M story from the, com- mm. from the comics. So. The theory that I have for the multiverse of madness, um, I'm not gonna say Mephisto because I feel like everything it's like it Mephisto. Always <laughs> it always runs back to freaking Mephisto, but I feel like if you're really gonna have a driving force and antagonist in this film, it could be freaking Mephisto. Because not to mention, you know, Mephisto was supposed to be the original guy that Peter makes a deal with, um, to like save, oh, yeah. save his aunt May and like freaking um, you know, uh, Scarlet's baby daddy. Yeah, huh? <laughs> Scarlet Witch's baby daddy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> wait, wait, what? Yeah. No, the kids that she was having in the, oh. in the comic book. What did that? What did those children? Oh, they from? were yeah, they were pieces of Mephisto's soul. Yeah, they were her baby. He was her baby daddy. It's fucking weird. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like literally, you got Scarlet Scarlet Witch in the mix with with this film. So it's like it only makes sense that like you're gonna utilize Scarlet Witch somehow. And like if you do House of if you somehow establish uh, House of M. That if that's what that's gonna be, then possibly that's how we're gonna get mutants in the universe. Because in the oh, House yeah, of M, yeah, mm. be, yeah, yeah, because of the House of M storyline was like um, Scarlet Witch was trying to get rid of mutants. I think they're gonna do the exact opposite with this film, and Scarlet Witch is actually gonna be the reason that mutants are brought into the MCU. Yeah, what an interesting like retroactive way to create the MC- the, the Marvel universe in the MCU. Mm-hmm. Mm. Like, you know what I mean? Like all of this like dimensional warping multiversal stuff like i know that wasn't part of their plan i assume it wasn't when they first did the first uh three phases or whatever mm-hmm. but the like the way it's working out like brilliant storytelling just brilliant yeah because so it's not it's like a hand-waving way but within the plot itself so it's like oh okay i, I understand so they weren't in the world before but now they are because of dimensional ta- ta- uh, tampering mm-hmm. so like, all right i, I could buy that Basically, they're trying to establish that this is all alternate universe stuff going on. It's not going to play out like the, like the way that the comics do. It's like things are different now. Things are changing. Yeah. And I like that. That's the ultimate universe. Mm. That's why I like the ultimate universe because they, they change the status quo of the Marvel universe. That's what the MCU is. Yeah, all that stuff with uh, the multiverse of madness. I mean, like, the, it, it was a lot of different shots and quick cuts, but like, I saw Shuma Garath. You saw the dark Doctor Strange from What If. Mm-hmm. Um, See, that's the thing. Is, that- that that was one thing that confused me because I wasn't sure if it was Sorcerer Supreme or if it couldn't possibly have been Mephisto pretending to be Doctor Strange because that 
Everyone, That's a long way to go. <laughs> like, <laughs> everyone was theorizing that, like, the Doctor Strange in freaking uh, in uh, No Way Home, no home. could have possibly been Mephisto. That's why I asked you guys, like, uh, at the beginning, like, do you guys think that at no. any point this wasn't Doctor Strange? Because but it- they do do this thing, and I was talking to you about this, Diz. Um, the trailers, the, 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 the trailer tweaks they make. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Even in the trailer for No Way Home, Wong didn't say what he said in the movie. No, he in didn't. the in the trailer, as he's leaving, he literally tells Strange, "Don't cast that spell." Yeah. In this, he just tells him, "I don't want to be involved." Yeah. He just leaves. No, just leave so me it's out like, of it. yeah. So I think um, the trailer. The trailer was that I forgot what it was. I brought it up to you too. What? Something that he said in the trailer. I was like, I can't remember. I it wasn't watch the, the Wong thing I just said. It was the Wong thing, but it was another part of the trailer. Scooby Doo. I gotta rewatch it. Scooby Doo. Oh, Scooby Doo's crap. Yeah, I knew that was gonna be censored. There was no uh, way he was just saying crap. It was so awkward. But it was something else. I gotta remember one. I remember okay. bringing it back up. Um, wait, what was I saying? The change, the change of trailer versus the. Oh, oh I, my theory is, and I, I don't know if they're actually gonna do this or not, but a cool explanation for why the trailers are different from the movies we see: multiverse. Like that's mm-hmm. why the Hulk was in Infinity War multiverse. Yeah. <laughs> that's why another other Spider-Man were in the trailer versus the Sinister Six oh, yeah, multiverse. The, the Hulk was running on the lineup, wasn't he? <laughs> yeah, he was running in the lineup of Infinity War and deleted. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but in the world where we're playing with the multiverse so much, I mean that would kind of make sense, especially in that like that Wong thing is such a different line. It's a completely so different. Why line. you change that? Yeah, if not intentional. Different takes. They use different takes for the cut why? for the changing the movie that. To that extreme, so was the, the final countdown. I mean, maybe Marvel is so smart they put lines like that in there specifically to make you think maybe Doctor Strange isn't himself. Hmm. Don't cast that spell. He's just like <laughs> doing it anyway. Sure. Wink. Yeah. Don't cast it. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so I'm, I'm glad we're all on the same page with this in, in terms of it being the end game of Spider-Man movies. Even though we had complaints, I think this, this is what I mean by Perfect Vision isn't a a perfect ten out of ten. Because you can have complaints. I don't think any movie is perfect. So that's why I don't even like giving 10 out of 10s of things. Because that, that insinuates that there was no flaws at all. But I think a rating system like you know Perfect Vision that has that leeway makes the most sense. Mm-hmm. Because it's, it's more about a feeling. And at the end of the movie, am I satisfied? Did the complaints I have impact the my, my enjoyment of the movie to the point where I would lower the score? No. They had complaints, but at the end of the day, they definitely did freaking amazing <laughs> no pun intended spectacular <laughs> spectacular <laughs> the ultimate job <laughs> yeah 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 exactly right, that's, yeah, that's that's yeah that's why i said definitely like this movie does like so many things right and it's amazing how they were able to do so many things right compared to its predecessors and how they were able to fit five uh five villains and three spider-men in mm. this film and still able to make like a good enjoyable entertaining film and like you know, there was very there was very little to uh, complain about. Granted, that's why I said I give it a very hesitant perfect vision because they did so many things right, and I still left the theater very satisfied. Minus yeah. my minus the fact that I didn't get your boy uh, mm-hmm. in, the, in, in the film. But... <laughs> well, you did, but you didn't. <laughs> uh, five minutes, five yeah. minutes, and not even five minutes in the freaking MCU for Venom. I'm pissed. I'm yeah, freaking pissed. Yeah, I'm still crazy. pissed. And since we're running a short on time, we're going to jump into Hawkeye with Crystal, and then I guess we'll wrap up the rest of the podcast with me and Jeff for Flash Armageddon some news. But I'm so happy that I finally was able to get all three of you on at the same time. Well, all two of you on. I'm the third person. <laughs> all three of us on at the same time. Um, let's talk about this week's episode of Hawkeye, episode five, Ronin. I made a whole lot of enemies. Tracksuit Mafia. 
Even the Black Widow. That doesn't sound good. This holiday season. Tell the boss Christmas came early. Hawkeye is on everyone's list. Hi. We have to kill him. Clint Barton. We need a ton of trick arrows. We actually have to talk about four. Episode four. And, and five. Right, because we weren't here last week. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so partners, am I right? <laughs> and oh, Ronan. Um, so just give our general thoughts. Let's just jump right into spoilers since, you know, people have probably seen it by now. If you haven't, skip ahead. Check out the uh, the, the timestamps in the iTunes description um, to jump to the next section of the podcast. But yeah, what did you guys think about the last two episodes of Hawkeye? And... Are you excited for the finale? Well, I can definitely say that I'm very, uh, I'm very happy that uh, a lot of us were right in the fact that um, Kingpan is the man behind everything uh, go- going on right now. But literally, it's like the way that they confirmed it was like literally like a picture that got sent by Yelena at the mm-hmm. at the end of the episode. A picture me and Diz almost missed. Yes. Like, Word. we were doing our reaction video. And he was talking during that part. Yeah, I was making something. some joke. Yeah, <laughs> and we both turned and looked, and the picture was gone. He's like, wait, wait, rewind that. Something happened. I'm like, rewind what? Rewind it. Just took a couple of seconds. Like, oh, we would have missed that whole thing. Yeah, we would have totally missed yeah. the, the, the Vincent D'Onofrio Easter egg. Oh, man. That whole that whole scene, though, um, in episode five with Kate and uh, Yelena, that was like, it was so tense, because like, I honestly thought that like Yelena was going to freaking... Um, that she, that she was she was gonna like i don't know i thought like a fight was gonna break out in that apartment but no she's actually like she's reasonable and freaking mm. like she's like trying to sit in there trying to like pick uh at kate's brain and like why are you defending uh clint barton he's not a I hero love that scene you know that scene was awesome oh my god <laughs> it was so i just love how charismatic she is yeah. like in a lot of our review we're talking about how scarlett johansson never really embodied black no, widow to us she didn't like i i sooner call her scar joe than that that's yeah. a problem. Yeah. Um, but Yelena, I think, embodies the role perfectly and is not only funny, but she can also flip. Like you were saying, it felt intimidating. Mm. Yeah. So she can be funny and like kind of cordial. And you could tell she was using that like quirkiness to let Kate Bishop open up to her for information that she needed. And also letting her know, Kate Bishop, I know who you are and I can kill you at yes. any given second. Yes. And your whole family. Yes. <laughs> and the f- like, but where's yeah. the forks? I could have killed you. <laughs> oh, Kate Bishop, you're so funny. Yeah, you killed yeah, me? Yeah. No, no, no. Where's yeah. your forks? You sure you don't want some good macaroni and cheese? Yeah. Two seconds uh, later. <laughs> yeah. I, I love that whole dynamic between the two of them. And it's like, Kate's not stupid. She knows that like literally like Yelena could probably kill her at like any given point. Instantly. But this is one thing that like okay i love Haley seinfeld y'all know this but freaking like yeah. it's with kate like she's like too overconfident sometimes in her in her abilities like going back to episode four when freaking um they were like setting up setting up the job to try and get the watch back for clint and freaking mm. like you know it's like you think it's like this is what they're obviously showing the dynamic of young people like not listening to their older mentors and then freaking like literally like Hawkeye's trying to come up with a plan and then Kate just goes in like through the street like stopping traffic drawing attention to herself yep. yeah and the, terrible and then, ninja <laughs> oh my god like that shit killed me man and like well, that's maybe this is a reality check for her too seriously being around an actual assassin who could kill you at any good second <laughs> yeah literally above literally. your head honey way above your head literally like and then freaking she goes in, into the building up the up the elevator like trying to help an old man with his groceries and like she's literally <laughs> still she's still talking in her ear to freaking hawkeye making herself look like a freaking crazy person you know and freaking she's showing off oh my god it's like <laughs> 
it kills me. It really fucking kills me. It's like, dude, this is this is the guy who's trying to like turn you into like something better, and it's like you're literally like going over his head, doing your own thing. <laughs> the issue I had with that scene was the and we've talked about this in our episode five review, the power levels of Echo. Because in that scene, Kate Bishop is fighting Echo to a standstill. Prior to that, she was fighting Hawkeye to a standstill. And in episode five, when Echo fights Hawkeye again as Ronan, again they fight to basically a standstill. But Hawkeye does beat her in that time. Yeah. But their power levels or their skill level looks almost comparable. Right. I'm like, which is it? Is she Kate Bishop strong or is she Hawkeye strong? Yeah, because that implies that Kate and, mm. and, and uh, Hawkeye would be same level. Same level. Or similar which level. Makes which no sense. Obviously not. Yeah. <laughs> Hawkeye went full Batman in fifth episode, which I fucking loved. <laughs> oh my god. It was so cool actually, like seeing him like back in back in the Ronin suit and like the way that like he like got rid of the tracksuits and he's and somehow he was actually able to do it without actually killing any of them. I was like, whoa. That's, that was wild. It was it was so ninja. Uh, the way that he like was able to like get rid of everybody, and then that way it was just like him and um and Echo, and then you actually find out. Also, I have to admit that I was wrong about Jack. I've been wrong about Jack. Forget. Told him. you. Yeah. Told you. Yeah. Tis, <laughs> yeah, 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 pick yeah. up that phone because I called it again. Yeah, he called it. He called it. Freaking um, I, I, uh, I, Crystal, I don't know if you heard the last couple of episodes with me and Jordan, but freaking um, I had a theory that somehow Jack and uh, Hawkeye knew each other, and I thought that maybe, um, the reason that Jack wanted the sword, the uh, the retract the the Ronin sword in the suit was because like mm-hmm. maybe he was uh the previous Ronin before Hawkeye was the Ronin, but mm-hmm. I was wrong. I was wrong. They don't seem to know each other. And, yeah, you uh, well, they point it. to him too much for it actually to be him. That's what I was thinking. Yeah, like, they're, they're, they're like, ah, this is mysterious guy who A B C D is having. I'm like, ah, chances are it's not him either. He's the red herring. Yeah, like he's too obvious. Yeah, yeah, because like, because like, I really thought that maybe like Clint was getting set up for failure when um when he came when I saw the scene with him coming in and killing all the original tracksuits um in the garage when uh in uh Echo's origin story episode. Mm. and freaking um because we didn't get to see clint's face and like i had thought that maybe it was another guy underneath the ronin suit that's why i mean nah. that's why i immediately thought it, it, it would give clint the out like the whole point of that scene was to establish that he has done bad things the, like the the theme of this series redemption. is redemption right seems to be a theme of a lot of our things recently but yeah, yeah it's 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 clint's redemption yeah. yeah he doesn't even think he himself is a hero when characters like kate bishop see that he is mm-hmm. yeah but now, but now that we know, freaking um, apparently the only reason that he was in, even there was because someone uh tipped him off that works for Kingpin, and now, uh, apparently it's possibly Kazi, freaking uh, Echo Echo's like best best sec- uh second, you know who was who totally wants to bang her. I, that, <laughs> I, I totally get those vibes. Like, why are you so like into this chick? Like, <laughs> oh my god. I mean, it was my assumption that um that I think. I think Kazi and and uh, Echo they know each other um, from when they were kids because I think that one of the kids yeah. uh, in um, in Echo's origin story was actually Kazi if you pay attention. So mm. so eventually Kazi grew up and then got to be a part of the tra- uh, the tracksuit gang. But w- uh, when he was working for them, apparently uh, he was away that one night when he was supposed to be the second to uh, to Echo's father. Yeah. He wasn't there that night. And then all the tracks, you know, the fact that Ronan got tipped off, came in, wrecked everyone's shit, killed all the original tracksuits, and the only one left alive was Kazi. It's very, yeah. conven- it's very convenient. But um, so now we're going into this last episode, and we got we get to see everything unfold, and uh, find out exactly how 
Kazi set set up her dad, but that's also going to set up the Echo series. What I'm hoping, I don't even want an Echo series. That's 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 confirmed. <laughs> I mean, they're making they're making an Echo series. Apparently, how that's how do you are. give a character person that's never had an acting role before her own series after one like supporting role? How? <laughs> I mean, we have Daredevil. I don't need Echo. Like, <laughs> bro, give me honestly, a Daredevil series. On, honestly. It could get canceled at any time. Because think about this. They were supposed to do Rangers of the New Republic for Star Wars. True. They, that true. was supposed to, And then they winded up canceling that because of yeah. Gina Carano, Carano uh, controversy. Yeah. So that could get canceled at any time if they feel like it's not going to fucking like, do anything. I, I just know? don't see the appeal of giving that chick her own. She's not interesting enough in this show to what? I would sooner want a Yelena show. Why would mm. you give Echo a show? Yeah, definitely. But yeah. Uh, to go off of what you were saying about um, we're going into the last episode now. Uh, I was talking to you on our video review that I think if it doesn't start with a kingpin, like not origin, but like showing the that that night that Echo was it talking about to. from the perspe- perspective of kingpin or something, mm-hmm. because every time we introduce a character at the end of an episode, the very beginning of the next episode we see like their past or yeah. like origin. We also got to find about the mom. Yes, so I like the fact that Yelena is. she showed up in episode four and the beginning of episode five. We get that great introduction to her uh, character after. The events of Black Widow, yeah, where she's still um, deprogramming the Black Widows, right. and then we get to see the snap from her perspective. Yeah. And the way they did the snap in this episode of Hawkeye was probably the coolest visual way to show the snap that we've seen, even in uh, WandaVision. Right, that, that um, was wild. It was it's wild. The, it's it's the blink, and you're five years later. That was crazy. That's because with Monica, she fell asleep and woke up. Yeah, that's a completely different feeling. Yeah, then, then just before your eyes. Yeah. Just seeing the walls change to a different color. Yeah. And it you're just in a different environment. Yeah. Like, that's almost like some, falling asleep when we get up five years later is almost like some rumble Stillskin shit. Yeah. Where it's uh. like, how long was I asleep? <laughs> yeah. But, but to literally go wash your face and watch the world change around, you're like, what the fuck just happened? Right. And then you're told, oh, yeah, uh, we're five years later and your sister died. Also, yeah. there was aliens. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. Nope. Uh, that was a thing. Like no one freaking uh, told her about uh, the one widow that was there when she like comes comes out of her uh, her blip. Like had no idea. I thought everyone thought that she was gonna say something about Natasha because she said I have to find my sister. Yeah. But um, she doesn't find out about her sister until she meets Val at the end of freaking the Black Widow movie. Yeah. Um, so, so I, I just don't understand how nobody told her the relationship that Hawkeye had with Black Widow. Right. How did how did Black Widow? Not tell her the relationship she had with Hawkeye. I mean, she had to notice some degree, some kind of. She knew she was an adventure. Yeah. Too what? much, too much secrecy and manipulation going on. Like they all work in espionage and freaking like I don't know. Also, like the fact that like no one even knew that like freaking uh, Natasha had a sister until freaking the Black Widow movie came out. So I'm pretty mm. sure that, that was not in their plan for like the longest time, which is why freaking like no one talks about it because also you have to remember you know clint and natasha they're both like secret agents of shield and like they're basically yeah. their their missions are always to be ghosts and like no one's supposed to even know that like they exist or whatever they're always using cover ids and all that stuff so it's like they basically I mean, they, they kept to themselves you know so that's the only hmm. like how does he even know what happened on that hilltop uh, like it was just clint and natasha there and clint no one's not blabbing no one. <laughs> He's not going around. Oh, by the way, I went yeah. to jump off, and she jumped off, and I, I didn't even know who. Thank how you she for died. telling me this random hydra lady. Yeah. I believe you. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know someone uh, killed her. It's basically manipulation, you know. Freaking like that's why like Yelena is doing what she's doing, and she doesn't really like know the truth about what happened, you know, on that uh on that planet when Natasha like gave her gave her life 
for mm-hmm. uh, for Clint in the entire freaking universe, which is what I think is going to happen in this next episode is that there's going to be that revelation and then we'll eventually, you know, Yelena will stop trying to fucking kill Clint mm-hmm. and uh they got a lot of story to tell. Yeah, this they next do. Episode. That's that's yeah. that's why I'm trying to save my thoughts about the series until like my full rating for the last episode because it could go either way. Yeah. Even yeah. now, at five episodes in, depending on that last episode, it could either yeah, make or break the series. It's a lot of information to share. You yeah, that's clean up Kingsman's situation, the mom situation. And that's always the issue with these MCU Clint. shows. Like it's all either... that has to be done and closure. Like how we how we ending? Yeah, how we ending? Yeah. Well, definitely gonna end Christmas with Hawkeye family. That's definitely the ending. That's gotta uh, happen. But yeah. Or, it's not, not enough time. I think my favorite scene emotionally in the fifth episode was when Hawkeye goes to the the memorial, not memorial, but like the what's it what's it called? The plaque that they the, had. Yeah, the, the plaque that commemorated the first the Avengers, Avengers yeah. where they all came together in New scene, York. Yeah, yeah, he, he's talking. Like the the best acting for Jim Renner comes when he's monologuing to the screen. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. he's just talking to Nat, but he's talking at the audience where he's looking at the screen, being like, you know. I try and live by the, the, the gift you gave me every day. Uh, I'm sorry, but I'm going to have to go full Ronin again. <laughs> I'm going to have to kill these motherfuckers. <laughs> sorry about your sister type thing. Yeah. And you notice he takes his, his hearing aid out too and he does these little things and he wants peace and quiet. Yeah. So. I like how they play with sound with that. Yeah. Like it, it's an element they never had with Hawkeye in the MCU so far, but mm-hmm. I, it's, it's given him a lot of character by just having that disability. Right. Which is in the comics, but I'm glad that they're actually like... That's why I'm like, I hope he's... He's not done mm-hmm. after this. Like, I feel like there's still room for the Hawkeye character to grow. I, even though I say he looks so old, I wouldn't be mad at old man Hawkeye. Yeah, no. Like, you know what I mean? Like, no, no. It's like old man Wolverine. You, yeah. He's still capable. Give me a German <laughs> beard, put some gray in it. I'm yeah. down, man. Fuck, he's yeah. Still Green arrow. Capable. I don't feel like he's he's dis- disabled from being older no. at all. He's probably just as good. And Kate Bishop, skill-wise, doesn't seem like she could rock with the Avengers. No, she's not at that, at that level yet. Nah. She's got a lot of training. Not at all. We need a training arc. <laughs> yeah. She she got a long. I think I think we'll get Kate in a young Avengers before we get her in the actual Avengers. I think that's mm. what I think that's what this is all leading okay. up to. That's a good point. I they, agree with that. They, they've been sending the seeds, you know, in like yeah. every every single medium, like so far. So it's like I think they're gonna set up a young Avengers at some point in the next phase of Marvel. Yeah. Hmm. I also really I, I like, like that idea. Yeah, I like that idea a lot. Um, I also really like the. Uh, uh, what was I going to say? There, I lost my train of thought again. Something about, I lost it. <laughs> between the two? Huh? The and oh, thank you. Yes. <laughs> thank you, Tiz, my better half. You have half my brain. <laughs> uh, yeah, the chemistry between Yelena and, not, not even Kate Bishop and Hawkeye, mm-hmm. even Yelena and, and Kate Bishop. Right. And because th- they're both the next generation Black Widow and Hawkeye. Right. So I like that they're forming a relationship even in this episode. And she has a big sister. Yeah, it's older, like a... Yeah. Oldest sister vibe that yeah, can bully her little sister if need be. Oh, <laughs> Yelena needs a new sister. Yeah. And honestly, after the sixth and episode... she's going to be the big sister in this in this group. Yeah. And she needs a mother figure. Or <laughs> yeah. Kate needs a mother figure after her mom gets busted next episode. Right. <laughs> Word. I don't know how that's going to transpire, man. Forget um. That's gonna be wild though when uh when we finally get to see big big band Vincent D'Onofrio Kingpin on screen. That's gonna be so freaking satisfying. You think Kingpin's gonna be the like throughout the entire episode? You think uh, we're finally gonna get like the Kingpin from start to finish? I don't think from start to finish, but they're definitely gonna like you. They're definitely gonna utilize him somehow. Like I know, like I think this last scene is supposed to be at like the big like Christmas party. So obviously mm. Kingpin's gonna be at that party. But um, yeah. I think I think he's definitely gonna have uh, a presence. 
in the next episode, and then like he's just gonna get away. You yeah. know, it's gonna have to be a beat to be continued. Well, well what makes Kingpin awesome is that thing. you can never touch him legally. Yeah. So, so even all of this stuff, like the web of Jack and uh, Kate Bish's mom and all the money laundering, all that crap, mm-hmm. like they might know it's him. But I think by the end, they still won't have anything on him. That's no, what happened they, they a lot in Daredevil, too. There's not enough time to do all that. Yeah. You're going to have to leave it for the next series. Do you think he's going to be strong like he's in the comics and he kind of wasn't Daredevil? Yeah, of I think course. So. Yeah. Of course. To. Okay. It's Kingpin. Like, yeah. Why, why would... I know I said... Do you I think we're going to get a Hawkeye-Kingpin fight? Mm, I don't think so. Then how you no. know he's strong? <laughs> Who's he fighting? So. This, this like I said, they don't have enough time for this. <laughs> yeah, this is the, the one uh, episode. That's why I said they're gonna have to just kind of close everything <laughs> else out and just leave leave Kingpin to get away. Do you think they'll cut off someone's head with a door, <laughs> with a car door? <laughs> no, no. I, I said this last. I said this last time. I said this last time. I think that they're very much gonna tone down uh, Vincent Gennaro's yeah. Kingpin compared to the freaking the Netflix series because it's it's Disney, so everything has to be uh, fam- family friend fr- family friend and non-violent so i definitely think that they're just gonna tone him down i think he'll still be like uber powerful but like i don't yeah. think he's gonna like i don't think he's gonna like be freaking like decapitating people and whatnot okay well but, what uh, i want i have one request from the kingpin cameo in episode six of hawkeye i need him to say vanessa at least once <laughs> vanessa, vanessa. <laughs> i do it all for vanessa <laughs> no vanessa don't leave vanessa <laughs> vanessa <laughs> I think they'd be stupid not to like establish that he's still with Vanessa in this uni- in this universe because that was the whole point of uh, Kingpin and his. That was the heart of the character, yeah. yeah. Literally, it's freaking Vanessa. And last oh. time, I, I, and last time, I think oh. I, if if I remember correctly, I think Vanessa was like somewhere off in like Nova Scotia or something. Yeah, uh, she left the country or something, right? Yeah, I think that was yeah, what happened. Yeah. I just, yes. I just love the, I, I don't know, just saying Vanessa like that made me think of the end of Daredevil season three, where Charlie Cox is, uh, beats Kingpin and he's like, I beat you, I beat you. <laughs> like, I just love how they yell at each other. <laughs> we need that in the MCU, damn it. <laughs> oh my God. But, um, but yeah, I, uh, I definitely think they're like, they're, but yeah, I was gonna say I think it'd be cool if they did like some kind of little cameo where uh, since it's Christmas, yeah. that like uh, Kingpin makes a phone call like to Vanessa over the phone, something mm. something sweet like that, you know, something like that. But mm. then shit goes haywire, and then we get our evil Kingpin at some point in that episode. Yeah, I just need somebody other than the Team Rocket tracksuit mafia <laughs> guy in this episode or in the series. Yeah, I just they're fun, they're yeah. funny. But every time they're on screen, I'm just like, Team Rocket busting off again. <laughs> oh my god, bro! Uh, so what will we what will we rate this? Oh uh, well, episode four and five like together or separate? Let's just do the- episode. I, honestly, episode four is weaker to me. Mm-hmm. It yeah. less happened. It was more just set up. Even this episode was set up, but I, I enjoyed this episode more for sure. Episode. Um, ep- so- yeah, I was gonna say episode four basically had like the same problems that episode three did for me. It was like you had action at a certain point, and then it came to a standstill. Episode four, it was like the exact opposite. Uh, it was like at a standstill for a while, and then you had action at like the very end of the episode. Yeah, and episode then, five didn't really have action. No, no it didn't have, but it no. had cleanup. It had storytelling. Yeah, yeah, which, which is I why prefer. I liked it. I yeah. liked it because we needed yeah. some of these questions answered, and mm. we're towards the end of the series for right now. Yeah. Um. I'll give it more than passable yeah. for episode I'm five. More than passable yeah. as well. More than pa- more than passable. Definitely. Yeah. I think we're all kind of tentative on that last episode to see where we, yeah, we land on where this. Where we're going with this. Word. 
could end up being a perfect vision, could end up becoming a passable. Who knows if they fumble the ball that bad. <laughs> I mean, so far, this series hasn't had a standout moment, moment. like that for Mm-mm. me yet. Right. Not like the other uh, series that they've done. Even like Loki. Loki. And, yeah, like Loki and um, uh, WandaVision. Like, I love WandaVision because mm. it was so interesting to watch. This I think one of is my favorite still. Yeah, I think it's my favorite as well. Oh. But there's yeah. nothing that really stands out like that for me. Mm. It just all feels like one long story of all the same. Yeah. I mean, welcome to the MCU. <laughs> <laughs> but all the same. I mean, yeah. compared to Spider-Man No Way Home, like yeah, true. <laughs> I mean, <in> comparison. <laughs> it's been a sl- it's been a slow burn, you know. Yeah. This, this this show. Yeah. It's like like even episodes are kind of blending to me when I'm when I think back. On Honestly, some of this stuff. when we started comparing combining episode four and five, I was like, right. "What the fuck even happened in episode four? I was thinking exactly. other than that last like, oh, fight, yeah, the exactly. roof scene. Yeah, was, I'm like, oh yeah, she went into an apartment. Yeah, yeah. I was like, because oh, kind of blended in. Because let's put it this way, let's put it in this perspective in terms of television. I think this shows. will work better as a binge than yeah. one yeah, episode per it week. Feels yeah, like yeah, one yeah. long. Because yeah. because right serious because seriously, let's look at it this way. If you were to look at take this show, Hawkeye season one, and compare it to Arrow season one, which mm. one is better? Which one's better? Arrow. Oh, Arrow. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. That's kind of crazy. Yeah. I can't imagine. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of crazy. Wait a second. Is that even true? Hold on. I, I mean, Arrow, <laughs> Arrow was good in the beginning. It's, it's excusable. Okay, I that. say that from the memory of Arrow season yeah. one. Like look like and that that was a different world back then. That's when it was stakes when he actually mm. got off the island for a reason and yeah. didn't go anywhere else. And it was more Batman <laughs> Begins than it was cartoony CW. Cartoony, yeah. That was very much like a Nolan take on right. Arrow. Yeah. But but I'm saying that though I haven't seen that show and so it almost makes me want to rewatch a couple of episodes. I don't want to see if it, just to, just to see. If I know where it ended. That's like watching Games of Thrones again. No, thank you. I know how it ends, no, sir. No, I don't need to but, watch. But it just to see twenty three episodes, twenty three episodes, and it has no, more action right. than Hawkeye. I mean, yeah, but it, it was a different world when Arrow season one came out. The the like the the superhero landscape was much True. smaller. There wasn't. I mean, as much on TV, there wasn't. There definitely wasn't as much on TV. You didn't have anything to compare it to. Exactly. Yes. The last thing we compared it to was Smallville. Yes. That's where we're coming and from. And I love Smallville. But when I watch Smallville now, I'm like, yeah, eh, exactly. It's so cringy. But it's still my origin side. So, so Arrow season one worked great in the time that it happened in. True. But if I go back and rewatch so it's a maybe. it, yeah, is it gonna still hold up, or is it gonna be like a oh, I see all the problems even then. The only difference is back then I gave it the benefit of the doubt. I mean, it was like Flash when it started. It was very. Refreshing I will, for I will a still stand second. by season one of Flash. Yeah, it was refreshing for a second, and then it went to Hellland as well. So, so. that's a good segue to yeah. talking about Flash Armageddon, so. and you kind of see Crystal. <laughs> you can kind of see Diz's point of view when it comes to the Flash, just like us. You're fucking up, bro. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> I know the audience is getting very confused with like, my name being about? called two different names every few seconds. Since we were running short in time, did you want to talk just, about Just go for it. Can we just go for it? Let's go for it, I guess. Okay. Um, we can't have a full conversation because I I still want to watch the last episode of Flash Armageddon to get the closure of the full arc. Mm-hmm. But we we can talk about first is the first four episodes and just our general impressions about it. My name is Barry Allen, and I'm about to do something impossible. I came a long way to find you, Flash. Now that I have. I'm going to end your existence. You have seven days. Everyone I love is gonna die. There's always hope. I need your help. I'm asking you to save the world. Hey, you've been working out? 
Yeah, thank you for noticing. Where's the future? Right here. Let's go blow this fuse. Barry! I'm tracking at least 100 earthquakes. This could be the end of the world as we know it. No mind will shut its doors on me! She didn't see us. Run, Barry! Run! Checkmate. You never know what face fate will wear when it shows up to change your life. Just, and I don't think we even have to talk about this for long because I think we're kind of all on the same page here. Oh my god! <laughs> and I'll, I'll start because it's my fault. <laughs> it's all no. I I will start off by saying this: it's all your freaking fault that I even bothered to watch this freaking shit. Fest oh, again. Jeff, so you're on the same page as me? Is what's the point? <laughs> I don't understand. It, look, okay, it's like a bad. I, I made this analogy before. It's a bad relationship. It's a bad relationship. <laughs> and I thought that they changed. Going back with okay. Yeah, I thought they. You were telling me, no, bro, you gotta give it another chance. The Flash has gotten better. It's uncharacteristically good in season eight. And I'm like, all right, I'll I'll bite. My friend Eunice, who was like a big Flash fan, he's got a huge uh, page on 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 Instagram that's devoted to the Flash. She's so like, all right, if he thinks it's great again, and he's been hating on it too. Maybe there's something to this. And the first two episodes that we talked about initially, my general thoughts at first were, is it great? No. But it's not terrible. Like, I know it's been in season six, mm. or really through four, five, six, and seven. I mean, I don't know why you expect a different outcome at this point. Because <laughs> I thought they learned. Look, in those learned first two what? episodes, they learned to an extent. They, uh. they weren't terrible like they were in those last couple of seasons. But then it's like they dropped the ball. Like, after, like, the first couple of meters running in a race, they tripped instantly. And, like, oh, we're falling back into all of our old habits. Oh, we're going to have forced relationships. And we're going to have drama that makes no sense. And villains that are cartoony. I mean, and as a person who stopped watching, what was it, season four? Five, yeah, I guess when a I, lot of people stopped watching. When I stopped watching, to come back into it, watching this again, because Jordan made me watch it. I'm sorry. <laughs> made me watch Jordan it. Jordan made me watch it, too, like, and I freaking hate him for this? it. Who are these people? I don't even know who this cast is anymore, who are these people. the, the it didn't seem like it was a Flash episode at all. Yeah. I saw the Flash a handful of times. Um, That's the problem. So when we get to episode three, I at least the first show it was. episodes, it was, <laughs> the Flash was still around most of the episodes. But when we get to episodes three and four... They, especially three, they completely sideline the Flash to have this like little side mission. I just saw with Iris Black and Lightning. people I don't know. That's all I saw. Bro, I don't know. <laughs> and look, I'm going to say it. I'm going to be that guy. Oh, boy. I don't know who Cecile, the actress, is fucking. Oh, oh God. But she fucking somebody on set. Because <laughs> oh there is God. no, you cannot tell me that there's any fucking logical or justifiable reason. <laughs> He's like, give me a drink. I got a drink. I got <laughs> There's no justifiable reason. That Cecile, as and you guys have been watching the show, but since Cecile's introduction as Joe's girlfriend, and I think like season four or five, did they get married? His wife? No, not even that. She, I mean, she had a kid by him, but she's slowly been given more and more dominance over the show every season since her introduction. And look, maybe it's the fact that the showrunner is a black male and he's trying to give black women the pedestal. And maybe that's why, like, the We Are the Flash, Iris bullshit. That was started by the, the current the current showrunner for The Flash was literally, he failed upwards. He wrote that episode, We Are the Flash, was pe universally panned online as probably the breaking point for every Flash fan thinking this show is trash. <laughs> for whatever reason, the powers that be saw that backlash and was like, who wrote that episode? Make that man the showrunner. Give him full control <laughs> over The Flash. How? How does Hollywood work? So you give that man the reins of the Flash, 
And then, coincidentally, Iris becomes more prominent. Cecile becomes more prominent. And look, I'm all about representation. But make it make sense. Kid Flash is sidelined. He's a black man. But he has his... What, what's his name? Kid Flash. <laughs> he is important to this story. Iris, she's a Barry's lightning rod. Cool. But she should not be given the, the reins of being a a leader figure on Team Flash, where she's got, she's got no expertise in any of the fields that matter on Team Flash. She should not be given superpowers every other fucking episode for any like any reason that the writers just come up with. We give her powers. She's very passionate about and, this. Yeah, I am, man. <laughs> it's, like I said, this is a, a relationship that I knew going into it was going to hurt me. <laughs> and I gave him the benefit of the doubt, and it still hurt me. And you still went through it. Yeah, so then you get to Cecile, and they go out of their way in the third episode to make her a super... She, at first, her power was just empathy. She just feel emotions. But somewhere along the line, they're like, nah, 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 nah. Not good enough. Make her <laughs> Professor Xavier of the Flash Universe. <laughs> <laughs> it makes no sense. So she's having mind battles with the main villain who's like, oh, and they have to... And they have to what like, are you? <laughs> I, I can't not... As a writer, I know what writers do. And they purposely put words in characters' mouths that kind of explain what their intentions are. Yeah. And repeating He-Man, whatever they're doing. You're so powerful. Yes. You're so strong. Yeah. And He-Man, it's it's not about us. And in fucking Flash, it's the main villain telling Cecile, you're so powerful. Why are you so strong? Jeff, like, you going to segue into that? It's about... Oh, <laughs> I'm like, you missed that, and I'm about to jump in. <laughs> but yeah, so like the entire third episode is basically the Cecile show. Somewhat the fourth episode as well, but especially that third episode, I'm like, who the fuck died and made Cecile the most important character in The Flash? It makes no sense. And that was 70 to 80% of the episode. So it's the, the Cecile. It's the Cecile. <laughs> It's the Cecile and Does Friends. Does she have a uh, superhero name? No. No, it's just a Cecile. Just a Cecile. Okay. She's a neat one. She's so powerful. <laughs> <laughs> Representation. <laughs> and it's like, as a black man, it's hard for me to talk negatively about things that, at the end of the day, are representation for somebody. Mm-hmm. But not at the expense of the show and its premise. So for most of the episode, I'm just frustrated because I'm like, yo, get back to the Flash. We got Black Lightning over here, which is also stupid. The Flash goes, okay, so apparently my powers destroy the world in the future. I could run into the future and see what happens, but I'm not going to do that because of Flashpoint. That's not how Flashpoint works. Flashpoint works by going in the past and changing the past, not going in the future and seeing what happens in the future. We've done that in season three. So it's like, that's not even a new thing. You can do that without any repercussions. Right. But instead, he's like, what's his first, the only solution he comes up with is, all right, Black Lightning, take my powers away. Wait, 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 wait. So you're the only line of defense like the most powerful superhero in our world now because you're the Flash of Superman. And your solution is to save the world, destroy your powers. What happens when in two days there's another crisis event and we need the Flash to save us? Fuck, fuck that because you think just taking your powers is going to stop the Armageddon from happening? Logically, it's a very Dr. Strange way of fixing things. Yes! <laughs> Logically, it makes no fucking sense. Mm-hmm. And that was the entire episode because at the end it just, uh, you, he runs... She changes the time, whatever, and he runs in the future. And then, oh shit, turns out this whole thing was manipulation of reverse flash. He's been changed. All that shit with, with Barry losing time throughout this, this, this mini series of like not remembering what happened. And oh my God, am I going crazy? No, Barry, it was reverse flash the whole time, fucking with your life just to make you feel crazy. Even that doesn't make your life in the past. I kind of got confused with that. It doesn't, 
Thank you. It doesn't make sense even logically there where it's like, okay, so what I did was I changed the past enough to take control of your life. I just somehow, by you not being born, that made it so it's a reverse flashpoint. And now I get to live your life and I'm 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 cucking you by being with your wife and like living your life <laughs> with your friends. It's like Wait, 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 very wait. upset about that. I'm very mad. You're very upset about I was like, Irish what the fuck? <laughs> oh, yeah, just uh, before I let you guys talk, I, on that <laughs> note, yeah, I, I ranted to her about this that. This is terrible. What the hell is this? It's disgusting. <laughs> how does it make any sense? How does it make any sense? It's like, okay, so wait. You went back in time. You altered Barry's, Barry's life, basically. Made him yeah. the villain of the story, and you freaking got everyone on your side? How the hell did you manage to do that? And like, still like, and still Barry's timeline is still established. It's yeah, like, yeah. How did Barry's like? Okay, so one of the things they explain is there's a moment in like episode two or something where they show Flash attacking people randomly, and then Reverse Flash goes, "Yeah, that was me fucking with your life." And I'm like, "Okay, which is it? Were you fucking up my life in my timeline and make me feel crazy in that moment, or were you going back in? Because he says he went back in time and and prevented him from being born." Yeah, but he also had on the Reverse Flash suit in yeah. the future but he had on the past flash the current flash suit in that current timeline it doesn't really make sense so if he was it doesn't taking it really doesn't flash's no... position why would you make flash look bad and then be reverse flash in the future it doesn't make Barry sense being reverse flash he wore mean... his face he said but it's like what so but every was time the... wasn't he in the red suit he was in the flat during that time when flash was bugging out yeah he was, was in the red suit. He was in the red suit. Yeah. But he's supposed to be the Barry in the red suit. Yes. That that Flash. He's wearing his face to fuck with them before going back in time to erase him from existence. Okay. Why fuck with him at all? Dunno. But it's like, what? Uh, That's not even how he explained it. He explained it by saying like that was I him manipulating time. But it's like, that doesn't line up. But regard they only did it know. because that was a thing in the comics. In the comics, they do have a, a thing where uh reverse flash impersonates Barry. But it's not like this where he does like a I replaced but you he in the timeline. Over his... No, it was a thing where Wally West is the Flash and uh-huh. then because Barry Allen died, and then Barry Allen comes back, but then the reveal is it's not actually Barry Allen, it's Reverse Flash. So it's not actually like him changing time at all, it's just him personally. I'm confused him. about him killing him. That's what he killed. Doesn't make sense. So no. then he took over, and he, I don't know. So the entire fourth episode I didn't even like, because, like, come on, man, by the end, they have Damien Dark. First of all, Barry's a terrible impersonator of, of being evil. Like, it, I, I get it. It's for us as the audience to be like, oh, he's pretending. But I'm like, in the context of their world, he's a, of course he was gonna find out. How many times did he fuck up like that? That like that 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 act he's putting on. Yeah. So I'm like, all right, you're already trying to fucking be an actor, Barry. But then by the end, Damien Dark is like, oh, I'm gonna help you because power, of friendship, and love. Because my daughter and I want to save her. But then it's like, Netflix I, I, was very quick too. <laughs> why is Barry still getting motivational speeches from people? And in this situation, why is it a motivational speech? From Damien Dark. He has to tell Flash. He's Damien Light, Jordan. Damien Light. <laughs> All right. But because he... of the speech he got about his daughter, he became Damien Light. <laughs> but he has to give Barry the pep talk of like, don't you know, Barry? Your power is love. Yeah. I'm like, what are you doing? This is so cringy. He's a 180 Damien Light. He's going to give him a, a proper speech and Barry's going to be on his way and do what he needs to do yeah. and be the hero. And then he's going to get his ass whooped by... Uh, <laughs> superheroes five minutes later. Well, <laughs> but, but yeah, I was saying before about like the the in, the implication of taking over your life and fucking your wife. That's what fucked me up more than just like yeah. I erased your existence. You're fucking my wife, bro. <laughs> like you won. <laughs> you beat me. It's over. <laughs> yeah, Jordan said if he came back home to Iris, that would have been it for him. 
Because like <laughs> now you have to live with that memory forever. Even if it was an alternate timeline. Alternate timeline, but but still he knows. <laughs> he knows and you know. So it's like like imagine the fifth episode that you didn't see it, but imagine the fifth episode where if reverse flash is captured in the episode and he's like, Hey Barry, you know what I do. You know, you know you know what the Iris does when she's like, ah, you know. That's enough to be like all right, I lost. <laughs> it's over. I give up. Oh my god! <laughs> but yeah, man, that we'll talk about the fifth episode in a little bit because uh, I have to finish watching it. And Jeff, did you finish watching it or? Yes. Okay, but I, I need to watch it. But we'll talk about it after the fact. Word. But yeah, I just I hated these episodes. So for me, poor vision, <laughs> poor vision. I don't yeah. think the fifth episode is gonna do anything to make me change my mind about that. This shit show is trash. I'm like Batman from BVS. No, uh, I'm, I'm Superman from BVS. The Flash is dead. Bury it. <laughs> like, I'm done with this show. <laughs> like, I'm never again. I'm only coming back to The Flash now for the finale. The series finale. I, I And I just love this show. And that's why I'm so passionate and so angry when I'm talking about it. I'm surprised you're still going. It's like, why do you Bro. keep... I guess money? I don't know. Money? Is it still making money? or? It, it's got to be making money to I some mean... extent. I don't know. It's the name. CW it's the, always it's, just it's, it's the brand. Dead. It's 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 the just the, the name. Yeah, but alone, they could even the reboot it and make it. Different. Yeah, they it's, could. Yeah, they it's could. just kind of like they keep going and trying to make a storyline, and it's always the same thing. Barry isn't fast enough. Repeatedly, that's why I stopped watching it because it was like always the same theme. He's faster than me. <laughs> oh my god! Even that's that. That's it. The, I didn't even mind the he's fat. Like I got to get faster. I got tired of it. I, three times in a row. How many times? Much. Yeah. Yeah. Reverse Flash, Zoom, and Savitar. It's like all even right, this one. He wasn't fast enough to get to his timeline. But it was because Reverse Flash took his speed or whatever. But but yeah, even but that still, is stupid because the it. only reason Reverse Flash is even in this timeline is because Barry brought him back at the end of last season and they let him go. He established that he's faster than Reverse Reverse Flash and Reverse Flash runs away. And he's like, Nah, I'll figure it out later. <laughs> even at the end of episode four, he's still like. Oh, I fixed it, and I got away from that timeline. It's all fixed. I'm like, Reverse Flash is still out there, bro. You're just going to be like, eh. <laughs> I just feel like it's the same thing over and over again. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah it's, but, okay, it's, so that's my rating. That's how I feel. But, like, I'm sorry I ranted, but how did you guys feel about this shit? I mean, me personally, I just, I don't know. I, I was hoping for the best, but, like, I don't know. It just feels like this has all been done before, and then it's literally yeah. just, like, I don't know. It it all just feels very mishmash and not very well thought out. And um, mm. I don't, Despero is like the most repetitive and annoying villain because it's like you literally taking this guy with who has this conviction about like, oh, you don't deserve to live because you destroyed the end of the world. And like, that's literally like his only conviction is that like, I have to kill you here so I can save the future. But then it's like, no, you're just like, you're, you're not the hero because it's like you've done evil things before too so it's like where do you come off like freaking like judging the flash and like saying like he's gonna do all these things but then like all these things just like so happen to be happening and i actually thought that despero had some hand in like why everything was going wrong and why barry thought he was going crazy but then it turns out oh it's reverse flash again you know and then and then i don't know the whole you know why i'm so mad it's because of that it's because Reverse Flash was the best villain on the Flash. Mm-hmm. To the point where even in the future seasons when he would show up, like now not so much, but before we make cameos like season two, season three, like there was weight. Him just showing up was like, oh shit, it's reverse flash. Oh shit, the best villain is here. But and he's now he's poker face again. <laughs> he's terrible. Like he's he's cartoony in the way that Godspeed was in season seven. 
And that's he was just a Power Rangers villain. So for mm. Reverse Flash to go from so so charismatic and so what's the word I'm looking for? To be such a great villain to be reduced to this, it's like you wasted. Not only did you waste that character, but you diminished that character every time you brought him back. So like now I I can't even be excited when I see the Reverse Flash showing up anymore. Nah, and like one of the things that I hated was like the reasons behind his conviction for why he did the things that he did to Barry. Like it was so weak. It was like you you could have gave this fan like the most like, ep- like there were so many better reasons as to why like you know freaking um, Eobard did the things that he did to ruin Barry's life. And like there's so much stuff in the comics that you can go back on and have the reasonings being for like what he was doing but the reason that they gave in like the last two episodes it was it was weak it really was for me it was it was it was it was it could have been done so much better mm. i just feel there's no more stakes in these shows anymore no nah. there's there's nothing no. there's no risk it's always I, the same thing you can miss several episodes and jump in and still see it's the same thing nothing I, changed from the last time i seen it <laughs> not at all and like this is why i said to jordan um a few weeks ago it's like my enthusiasm for the arrowverse died with the arrow when oliver yeah. was good yeah. when when oliver was gone that's when i checked out yeah crisis was really the end of this i was whole gone thing. before then as soon as i saw felicity walking around i was yeah. like you know i'm kind of kind of over i don't i don't there's no stakes anymore <laughs> so if you guys were to rate it what are your ratings uh, poor vision rating again Poor? poor vision. Poor vision. Yeah, poor, poor vision. <laughs> Everybody, what's the lowest? That one. <laughs> Whatever That's the lowest the is. Poor vision. Oh, I man. fell asleep in part of it. Oh, man. I could not. I, I couldn't. I legit, legit, I'm trying to watch this, like, on my television, and, like, freaking, I had to, like, reset my, uh, my, my stream, because, like, I'm watching it on, uh, my internet browser on my PlayStation, and, like, literally, it's, like, I was checked out every single freaking time, and it was, it was that much of a hassle just trying to get through, uh, these five episodes. The psychic battles when you, you toned out, Jordan. (laughs) Oh, yeah, that shit, I, I was, like, I can't believe they're making Cecile, like, the strongest character in this team, like, I, I don't understand why she's so important. We had to watch that episode twice because I we, we watched it he toned out and then when he rewatched it I'm sitting there like oh god we have to watch this scene again I'm like, <laughs> I was like I don't even remember this part because you toned out entirely we watched it twice <laughs> it's terrible yeah it's just so many like I don't know there's just so many elements that I'm like how did you fuck it up this bad guys and you know what? you know I'm so mad and I'm so like passionate about it because like I said like I base my writing on the flash like the flash the 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 three pillars of storytelling that they used in seasons one through at least two because that's where I think I heard it was in season two, heart, humor, spectacle. You have those three things in any story. It's a great story. I literally will always go down that checklist when I write anything. Mm-hmm. It's got to have spectacle. It's got to have heart and emotion, and it's got to have humor. And that's how the MCU works. So for them to give me the tools of what I consider to be like my my Bible of writing, mm-hmm. and they don't even follow it themselves anymore, I'm like, ah! They're a comic book soap opera. That is yeah. why. That is why the MCU is winning in terms of film and entertainment because they are doing everything right. Right. Because think know? about No Way Home. It had heart. Mm-hmm. It had yeah. humor. Mm-hmm. It had a shit ton of a spectacle. Mm-hmm. Like you have those three elements in any story, and it's gonna be a great story. That film is officially now the standard bearer of a good comic book film. It really yeah. is. Yeah. I would say that's even more comic booky than Endgame, so I think that's, that's I accurate. I cried, I cheered. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that used to be me in The Flash. 
That was me in season one of The Flash. Now I'm just confused. Yeah, now I'm just... <laughs> when I watch all... it, I'm just confused. There's the fourth pillar, confusion. <laughs> <laughs> That's what they're good at. They're good at confusion. Like, wait, what? Yeah. How did that happen? Why did that happen? I'm confused. And you walk away. <laughs> walk away. <laughs> oh, I'm trying to think about even what... It... Oh, oh, that, that really forced relationship between the black Cisco... Allegra, and other, yeah. Allegra, Max and Allegra. It oh, was God. like there's some writer in the writing room was like, we gotta put a romance in this. <laughs> like he's like, like spazzing out, like, <laughs> it's like bro, we don't need it. This is not even our timeline. No, I gotta put it in there. <laughs> they like, legitimately, bro. they legitimately forced put, put in this thing to establish that Allegra and Max could have been together like ten years ago, and apparently it all went south because one like literally like one one moment of misunderstanding between the two of them and like granted i feel bad and it's like i don't know it feels relatable but at the same time it like it just feels like unnecessary and it's like literally it's like 10 years later and y'all still freaking like having like established your fucking uh your relate your relationship your your feelings for one another and it's like it it it, it, it felt it felt uh it felt shoehorned in. Yeah, it, it really did. Forced. Like, it was so unnecessary. In a world, in a world where that episode was about the reverse flashpoint, why are we putting any time into these characters that aren't one main characters, have no chemistry, and it's not even their timeline? Like, mm-hmm. I don't give a fuck. Like, well, I it, guess maybe they're trying to confuse us since they have nothing new to write in the story. They're just putting new people and giving them different things to do. It's like they just. <laughs> they, it's like writing for teen girls. Like they got to see ships. Everybody got to be shipped. Everybody's gotta be in a relationship. Soap opera. Yeah, but 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 comic books are soap opera. You know what I mean? They're just they, they I are mean, soap opera. This is a different kind of soap. <laughs> this is a soap, opera, soap, soap opera. Soap opera. Soap opera. This is a whole nother thing. This is a whole nother level. It's, it's not like, a comic book movie with a little drama. So nah. are we on? Are we on the same page here? No more Flash until the series. I finale? mean, I've been out. <laughs> I don't even think I'm coming back for the series. I'll, I'll just hear what you say. No. <laughs> this is this is like, boy, what are you talking about? What are you yeah. talking about, man? I'm already out. I was yeah. out. Al- I was out already. Yeah. I feel you. Right. I missed the We Are Flash because I didn't even. I was already gone by that time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, that was like the. <laughs> I was big, gone. Like, where the hardcore fans were like, "Oh no, what's happening?" Yeah, and I was sitting there like, "You fools! <laughs> you continued watching. I knew to get out of this." No, 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 no. Exactly. <laughs> All right, waste well, your time. I guess that's it because I, I don't really have anything else to talk about. <laughs> those, uh, Jordan episodes. is speechless over the Flash. I basically gave everything I had to say in that rant because it's like. Yeah, you go in. Yeah, cause I'm mad. <laughs> Why I'm a man? Who is the seal fucking? <laughs> I am not getting off that. There's no, there is no other. No one about Hollywood now. There is no other reason for her to be that big of a character in this show. No uh, other reason. I want answers, damn it. Yes. <laughs> that would been great if they did that instead of the Flash logo. And it's it's seal. Thing. <laughs> I'm not even talking about. I'm not even talking out my ass. It's not even like I just, there's no bearing what I'm saying. The, the 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 old Flash or Arrow showrunner was busted at one point and kicked off the show for being sexually inappropriate. What? Yeah, Mark Guggenheim or I, I don't really? know that's his name. One of them. It, it, there was like two guys and one of the guys left Arrow because of some sexual misconduct happening. Hmm. So I'm like, it's not like it's not a thing. <laughs> so I I stand by my conviction that the Flash is turning into the ass. <laughs> <laughs> Next time on the ass. Comedian in both ways. Sexual inappropriateness or the fact that the show's ass. I fucking care. Either way you want to put it. 
Oh my Bro, I'm done. <laughs> I, I, I've been done. Yeah. But on that note, let's uh let's wrap this up and get into news. Let's get out of here, Diz. You got a train to catch. And I'm really saying that because I don't have the news prepared. <laughs> so what to news? do the news exactly. There's definitely news, but I don't have it all in front of me. So I will say, Diz, it was awesome having you on the show today, and it was really awesome talking to you today. Thank you, finally Jack. actually nice, getting to do this. Nice finally getting to do the podcast with you. Yeah. I like our, our, our three person setup here. I think we have good chemistry as a team. Our Spider Man team yeah. here. Team Spider don't forget me, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> Who are you? <laughs> no <laughs> Diz, who is this man sitting next to yeah, you right now? I have so I don't recognize him myself. at all. Instead of calling me and Jay, you keep calling me Watts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Alright guys, but let's get into news of the week and say goodbye to Diz. Bye guys. Bye Diz. Bye, Diz. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and we're back. No need for introduction because we're just going to keep it rolling. Um, we'll keep on cruising. Keep on cruising. Yeah, so before we get into the news, uh, I do want to talk about, because now I have seen the last episode of the Flash Armageddon, episode five. How does it make you feel? Feels bad, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even going to go into depth about it because like, we've already, like most of my thoughts we covered in our, our full discussion of uh, Flash Armageddon with, with Diz, but... I, I again. I have to reiterate that they've ruined the best villain of this show. Like this episode, it, it almost felt like they were trying to recreate the season one finale, where it became this moral dilemma of should we or should we not kill Reverse Flash. So the episode begins with after he did all that Reverse Flashpoint bullshit, he comes back and he's like, oh, by the way, Flash, I need you to save me now because I fucked up my own timeline. I'm going to disappear from history forever for the fifth or sixth time this whole series. <laughs> so here's, like, here's what I'm going to say about that. I honestly what? thought they were going to take it in like an entirely different, uh, different direction and i thought the reason Same. i didn't I thought, expect that I, turn i thought there was gonna be um something a little bit more to it in order to it by saving the reverse flash because this is the this is the philo this is the philosophy that i had in my head when i was seeing the entire thing technically okay. there would be no flash without the reverse flash and i thought that if reverse flash dies then basically the events of um the first episode where oh he, i see what you're saying yeah, yeah, like yeah. i i you said it i was like no it's actually the other way around there would be no reverse flash without the flash but you're saying this version of the flash only exists because reverse flash went back in time in season one and yes. killed his mom yeah, exactly exactly so basically here's so basically what i thought was that if they let reverse flash die then the events that took place in the first episode where reverse flash kills barry's mother would have never transpired and basically mm. like you know that entire timeline would have been like reset you know so i thought that was gonna be uh the antithesis the antithesis as to why they had to save reverse flash because otherwise that entire timeline would have been undone not that it hasn't been undone like a dozen times before <laughs> but i thought that's where they were going with this that's what i was literally gonna say because i'm like i like that theory i like your pitch 
more than what they actually did. Yeah. Because like that actually has like more stakes more than just the retread of like, but the moral dilemma of letting an evil person die. Are we still heroes if we let a bad person die? Yes. You're not killing him. You're allowing him to pay for the consequences of his own fucking actions. It's called punishment. It's Literally. like it's 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 not the same. Even Batman let fucking Ra's al Ghul die at the end of Batman Begins. You know what I'm saying? Like he's and he's the ultimate do not kill rule. Mm-hmm. But we have to create this whole weak moral dilemma of like Joe. And that's another thing. I didn't realize Joe actually, I guess, isn't off the show because he came back in this episode. Yeah, he came back. But then the guy who literally died as a result of the reverse flash messing with the timeline, he becomes the voice of moral reason for Iris and Barry. For once, I'm like, oh, thank God. Iris and Barry are on the same page. And I agree with both of them. Let that motherfucker die. But then they make Joe the the aggro. He's not even like the moral center anymore when he's got like this rage and gives him this ultimatum about like, okay, well, if you let them die or if you let Thawne die, you don't even have to worry about him destroying our family because you're going to do it yourselves. I'm like, so you're basically guilt tripping them to get what you want. And I'm like, why? It's such that's a not that's not the it's such a parental thing to do though because like I think we've all had those moments where it's like we all make bad decisions and then our parents want to uh, guilt trip us for the decisions that we make. <laughs> so I re- yes, I really but I don't like surprise. it when it's like, but Joe, he killed you, and if we let him, like everything they were saying, even even Despero made good points of like, okay, we take away his power, sure, but he's got his powers back before. If you don't let him die, there's a million... We've already experienced this like eight times. He's going to come back somehow. So when you put in Joe's mouth the anger... Like he's yelling at Iris and Barry. Basically being like, you better do this or I'm going to give you this this ultimatum that I'm not going to love you anymore if you don't let... If you don't try and save Reverse Flash. It's just it's just this weird contradiction, in my mind at least. But then it also makes me not like to go in the level that it once again puts in my head. Oh, yeah. Iris and Barry are kind of brother and sister. Ew. <laughs> because it's their parent yelling at both of them. <laughs> like, they're both his kids, which they technically are. Fucking weird. And that's the entire episode. The entire episode, it's... Reverse Flash... And that's why I'm saying it's, it's it feels like a retread of the season one finale. Mm-hmm. Because even though the crux of this episode is about the Reverse Flash, we don't spend that much time with the Reverse Flash. We get a few scenes where Caitlyn talks to him and then Barry talks to him. And those are just like we've been there, done that. We've we've done this reverse flash in a glass box, Hannibal Lecter conversation before. Like, there's nothing new here. If Same anything, old song and dance. Yeah, and if if anything, it's again it's diminishing returns because now the dialogue is so cartoony mm. and not in a good. There are cartoons that are less cartoony than the Flash now. Right. And I can't help but see the again because this feels like a comparison to the season one finale mm-hmm. i i have a direct comparison now of what the dialogue was like and the the story was like then versus now mm-hmm. i feel like the issue with reverse flat with uh, the flash now is that it's so unrelatable yeah because there's a moment where reverse flash not just like the, it, it's all so super sciencey and every line of dialogue they have to literally put in exposition to explain how the plot works and how the time timey-wimey convolution all makes sense when it really doesn't but they did a thing in season one the this finale of season one in the flash where when barry asks reverse flash why he's captured why did you kill my mom or like like or no why do you hate me 
Mm-hmm. And it, he starts to go, like, Don starts to go into an explanation. He's just, but he's like, you don't want to ask me that. Ask me what you really want to know. Or no, no, he asks, I'm sorry. Barry asks him, "Who? what's your story? Who are you and why are you here? If you know the comics, and they, they explain it in this episode of The Flash, Reverse Flash's origin story is stupid. <laughs> He's basically an angry fan, a jilted fanboy that got his feelings hurt. And because of that one petty event, he wants to not only become the Flash, but unravel his entire life to be a better Flash. Basically. That is the most, like, that is not a compelling villain. That is a nerd, like, that, that is syndrome to the upteeth degree. You know what I'm saying? Fuck oh, my God. <laughs> it, tore, it tore me apart. Yeah, this, he literally in this episode was like, oh, you came, you were so dazzling. Oh, I wanted to be like you. You're better than me. But the reason why in the season one of The Flash, he literally, the writers were smart enough to go, you don't want to know that. Ask me what you really want to know. And they, we get to the crux of the emotional heart of their relationship, which is, why did you kill my mother? You don't, it doesn't matter what the reason is. It's because I hated you. But... That's not enough to make a compelling villain. Mm-mm. The next step in that sentence or that 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 dialogue is what made him compelling. But by growing with you, by by staying in this timeline, by mentoring you to become the Flash to get me back home, I started to care about you. That's what made Reverse Flash fucking interesting. Mm. Not that he's just a jolted fanboy. But the opposite between the subtlety of season one of the Flash and season eight of the Flash is all of that 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 subtlety goes out the window and now it's just a ranting raving cartoon villain talking about you were better than me flash and i hated you yeah you took my speed the speed is me you might as well have killed me yeah i'm just like oh my god this this Here's- you used to be the coolest <laughs> And, what has become of you? And literally, it get, it gets me back to thinking about a couple of things. One thing um, I think back to is a quote that the Joker said uh, from uh, Arkham, Arkham City. And it went something along the lines of like, everyone wants answers, but you're not prepared for those answers. It's like when you finally get things explained to you, you're, you're set, you set yourself up for disappointment. And, um, Mm. and it's not always about the why, and it's not always about like the why, um, some, someone did it, but not only that, it also gets me thinking back to one of my favorite horror films, uh, scream where they said Mm. that sometimes it's a lot more scarier when there's no motive, when you don't know the motive, it's a lot, Yes, you know, and honest to goodness, they, if they had not of even like said anything as to why reverse flash was doing what he was doing, or if they at least gave something a little bit more compelling of a motive, a reason of why he's been so hell bent on destroying Barry's life, it would have came out so much better. But even if they just like, if, even if they said nothing, I, I would have been satisfied with that. Yeah, it's the, the the less is more theory. It's the why are we afraid of the dark? Because it's not the dark itself you're afraid of. It's the unknown. The yeah. unknown is scarier in almost every case because your mind fills in that gap. Exactly. And that's that's scarier than anything someone can tell you. Exactly. So yeah, when it, it's just look how they massacred my boy. Like mm. the first flash was so iconic, so I know. great. I know. And now he's like, uh. so that's why I'm like I'm done with the show because now there's absolutely like. It's one thing, it's one thing to make a bad show, mm-hmm. but it's another thing to have a great show, and then slowly over the course of multiple seasons that are uninspired, 
and just terrible writing, you undo even the good parts. Like you retroactively undo the good parts of the show. Because also- now if I rewatch, yeah, yeah, no, continue, continue. I was gonna say now if I rewatch season one of The Flash, just mm-hmm. like Game of Thrones, I'm even if I just pretend that season one of The Flash it, it ended after season one, I'm always gonna be thinking about like, oh, but in seven seasons this is going to be garbage. Yeah. So like, I just have to like mentally block out everything, but seasons one and two and three, maybe. <laughs> Which is one of the reasons why I have not been able to freaking rewatch game of Thrones and just like dis- destroy my mental health all over again. Yeah. But, um, I was going to even like the, the, the fucking, the, uh, green arrow from the future appearing in this episode. Like, I thought, what a random cameo that was. Yeah, that was very random considering that like her show hasn't been picked back up. Like they did like what one episode for uh, Arrow and the Canaries, and they haven't picked it up since freaking uh, the pandemic had started. Because that's when like you know that's what they were going to start investing that into. Um, and I thought it was interesting for like a millisecond, but then I was like, eh, it's 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 a replacement. It's a substitute. You know, freaking they got to have another Green Arrow show to pick up where Stephen left off. So, but not only that, I felt like literally. I I felt like Mia was just there just for the sake of having a Green Arrow character there in that moment, in that show. And so freaking um, Despero could do his freaking whammy thing. And like, Did they explain how she time traveled? Did I miss a line or something? No, no. Freaking, freaking. Like, why is she in the present? They, like, they never explained it because basically I feel like this is like the backdoor pilot to bring back Arrow and the Canaries. because because, <laughs> because now they're having an angle where um she is now officially looking for her brother but apparently uh she had to go back in time to freaking to find him apparently, <laughs> what apparently and it makes like that plot thread i think was at the end of that pilot within the last season of arrow it was like i think that was the cliffhanger of the episode it wasn't even uh it wasn't even the pilot it was it was the Technically, they had a pilot. They had like a base pilot for Arrow and the Canaries that was released on uh, on 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 Netflix. So that mm. so that is a thing. They got the pilot up right now because um, they did they did the Arrow season finale, and then later on they freaking uh, they did a pilot episode that they released for Arrow and the Canaries. Mm. Um, but yeah, basically it picks up at the end of where that episode left off. And uh, it, did you see it? I. I did, but it was so long ago. Like I, 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 re- I vaguely remember that plot point of William being captured, and that's how the episode ended. But I think it's just so interesting because in a world where we're reviewing No Way Home this week, yeah, where one of the things I complimented that movie for was picking up and completing, giving closure to the plot lines of the villains from the previous movies. So that's kind of what this episode, The Flash, was trying to do for the Arrow pilot. Or the whatever the Arrow yeah. Canary pilot, pilot, yeah. But because it's such a who gives a fuck plot thread, and it's not like a beloved like those Spider-Man movies, like love them or hate them. They're, on some level, they're still Spider-Man. They're not terrible movies, you know what I mean? Like they're no. they might, might not be the best Spider-Man movies, but they're still they're still decent movies. Yes, and they, you still have a nostalgic attachment to them. Yes, even something like Spider-Man Three had mo- great moments. Even something like Amazing Spider-Man Two had great moments. Mm. That Arrow shit. It's a pilot that failed. 
Yeah. No one gives a fuck. No one wants to like. Oh, I was I was just on the edge of my seat wondering what happened to William. <laughs> like I don't care. <laughs> not not really, because honestly, I feel like um the introduction of uh Oliver's kids was like one of the things that actually like hurt the show. Like you got a couple of nice moments out of it, like familial familial moments out of the yeah. whole thing. But it's like overall, it, it it felt forced. It really did. And like, have I ever told you my rule about? Uh, TV shows or stories. If you if you give the main characters adult kids, it's usually like a trope in like these CW kind of shows. Like yeah, Buffy used to do it. Angel used to do it. Yeah. But if you give the main characters adult kids, your show's over. <laughs> they never. It always gets worse. It never gets better after that. <laughs> Basically. Um. I know. But going back to Reverse Flash, I was actually going to say I was actually kind of um. I didn't. I didn't know how to feel about his new suit. Like. Um, oh, thank you. Yeah, I was going to say freaking like I liked the season one. Uh, through like yeah, the, his first his first suit that had like the black inside with all the yellow. I thought that was like so much better. Like it was. That's what it is. Yeah. Oh my god! Thank you for fucking yeah. saying that. That because I was wondering what about it. Not it's not even just the builds because that that suit does nothing for his build. It makes mm. them all look lanky, like wearing pajamas. And it's like but, all it's all yellow, you know. Yes, it's and that's it, what, granted that's what uh, that's what Reverse Flash looks like. But I honestly thought that the original uh, Reverse Flash suit from season one was way more intimidating than the one that we got in this uh, finale. Yeah, and that's a great example of something that the more sometimes being comic accurate isn't better. Because nah. for live action, that the black in that suit, now they're saying it, I'm like, that's what it is. The black in the suit broke up the yellow. And it was really just yellow in the chest and the arms and the, and the mask. And a lot of the legs and the side profile was black. And that's what made it look more, because yellow is not an intimidating color. <laughs> no, <laughs> so. no, no, it's not. No, it's not. Not, yeah. to, not to mention, like, when I'm looking at that suit, all I can honestly think about is, like, I guarantee you they recycled... Uh, his red boots from one of Grant Gustin's old suits. I guarantee you that was the fucking case when they were uh, doing his new suit. They probably just borrowed one of uh, Grant Gustin's uh, red red boots from one of his old suits to freaking make the new uh, reverse flash suit just so they didn't have to go investing into a new pair of boots. I feel like that's I, that's what I truly believe. But that's, that's very it's very yeah. possible. Yeah, I can yeah, totally yeah. see that. Yeah, definitely. It, it, and also, it's it's the, I don't know what it is about the neckline, but his neck looks stiffer. Like he he's got like the 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 Tim Burton Batman neck where he can't turn without turning his whole whole body. <laughs> it's the curse of the cow, my friend. It's the curse yeah. of the cow. Yeah, it just doesn't look comfortable. Not and at it's all. weird because it's pajamas, so you would think it'd be more comfortable than leather. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because, like, straight up, I feel like um, Daredevil, like, tried to, like, do the thing where, like, they try to make cows more comfortable. And you can tell because, like, the top of Daredevil's uh, shell is, like, ha- is, like hardened. And then, yeah. and then like, his sides, you can tell that it's all mesh on the sides. And, I, and they tried doing that with Flash, I think, in, like, I think it was either season four or season five. They tried, like, giving him more mesh down yeah. here so that they're actually like able to like tilt their neck and then same thing with robert pattinson's batman they did that same thing with the cow hard on, hard on top and then they got meshed on the side so that way the actors can actually like move their heads around when they're in costume yeah somehow even the costumes have gotten worse in the show yeah. everything has gotten worse <laughs> but yeah i mean that was that's basically my thoughts i if, if i was already poor vision i am like 
I'm blind. That's not even a rating, but I'm blind. This is way there's no vision at all. No, nah, <laughs> terrible. Not at all. Uh, definitely poor vision still on my part. It's like with every with all the good superhero stuff we've been getting lately, it's just like the Flash just falls short. Um, and like I don't know, it just feels like it hasn't been able to like uh, redeem itself and bring it back to that same excitement that we got in the first couple of seasons. Nope. At this point, I've given up. I'm yeah. not even gonna bother again into the series finale. Yeah. And on that note. Let's get into some news of the week. Uh, we were talking about before the podcast, but I was like, it used to be called Michael News, but if you're going to be taking over the news, I'm like, do we call it Jeff News? Maybe maybe the Rays Report. How about that? Yeah, dude. All <laughs> I, you're a genius. <laughs> Welcome to the Rays Report, where all I have today is news. <laughs> you got an Anchorman voice, too. That's good. <laughs> I mean, I am a voice actor, Jordan. I kind of have to do it. It feels like I should be part of the job. Nice. Race report. In today's race report, a couple of details coming from the Spider-Verse. Um, Kevin Feige has actually confirmed that due to the success of of Spider-Man No Way Home, being the being a very successful box office uh, success that it is, they, Kevin Feige has officially confirmed Spider-Man Four is in development. Oh, nice. Yes. I mean, yes. was there any doubt? Like, do you think there was not? I mean, they, didn't they already announce there was going to be another trilogy, another three movies? Yes, they did. They did announce that they were talking about doing another trilogy with Tom Holland, but it was honestly like really up in up in the air because like he because Tom was like saying all this stuff like, oh, this is going to be my last Spider-Man film. We're not sure for if, if I'm ever going to play Spider-Man again. But then of course the studio confirms that they're going to do an entire, entirely new trilogy. But then to, but then recently Kevin Feige confirmed that they are officially in developmental for spider-man 4 nice yes do you have any uh any hopes for a villain in spider-man 4 uh i know, I know you're talking about vulture coming back possibly scorpion maybe uh yeah there's i have a lot of uh there's a lot of things going on in my mind right now about what they could do in the next film and of course i have to double back to uh my boy venom i really want <laughs> venom <laughs> <laughs> I really want Venom. I really want Spider-Man versus Venom at some point, and I feel like they are. Um, I don't think they're gonna do it in Tom Holland's universe just yet. I think we are gonna get that black suit Spider-Man at some point, mm. but I don't think we're gonna get Venom in the MCU in this new trilogy. However, going to my next piece of news that I've recently gotten, uh, okay. MCU Direct has rumored that Sony's potentially developing two new Spider-Man films featuring Andrew Garfield. Oh my God! Yes. I want them to make amazing. In a world where we got Zack Snyder's Justice League, I I actually do want an amazing Spider-Man three. Same, same. After the performance that he gave in No Way Home, I most definitely would like to see Andrew Garfield play uh play Peter Parker, the amazing Peter Parker, uh once again. Um, I think the fans deserve that because everyone wants that. Everyone everyone does. And Sony would be dumb to like not capitalize on the success of no way home and bring back andrew garfield as uh spider-man and i think even though i say that i don't think we're gonna get venom in the mcu right now i do think that one of these two films could possibly be uh andrew garfield spider-man versus tom hardy's venom because since they are both owned by sony i very yeah. much think yeah not to mention venom ha now has a spot uh, for a potential third film and a lot of the a lot of the theories going around is that the only way you could possibly like top venom versus carnage is if you have spider-man uh in that third film so i'm really hoping that they decide to freaking put tom hardy's venom and andrew garfield's spider-man together inside of a film at some point in the near future 
So you said two Andrew Garfield movies. So then I'm hoping for Venom versus Spider Man, or Venom versus Amazing Spider Man. Yes. And then after that, we get the maybe not called Amazing Spider Man three, but some kind of Amazing Spider Man colon whatever the subtitle is. And yes. I just want the ending of that movie. Yeah, definitely the ending. To he meets his version of MJ. Yes. And that's how we end. Because all you that's all you need. You know how that story's gonna go, but it's just like that that's the closure that version of Spider Man deserves. Yes. Yeah, fuck yeah. Most definitely. Also I heard I don't know if um the box office is in your news, is it? No. No, I don't okay. have any no, no box I just, office I, news. But okay, they're killing it. No no way home's killing it at the box office right now. It had a very successful opening weekend though, so like it's it's definitely gonna like it's gonna make its mark. Oh yeah, for sure. I, I just mm-hmm. want to throw out that I know specifically it it did the third best opening of all of the MCU movies. So imagine if we weren't during COVID or yeah. during quarantine. You know what I mean? Yeah, like it yeah. would definitely. I I think it, honestly, if it wasn't during uh you know this COVID era we're in, yeah, it would have probably beaten Endgame. Most definitely. And then um I got one more piece of news, but I'm gonna wait to reveal that after we talk about uh the Cobra Kai trailer that we just that we just got. Ah, trailer talk. Let's get into it. Yes, yes. So our first trailer that we're going to be talking about is the new Fantastic Beast trailer. If you listen carefully enough, the past whispers to you. We're here to see Albus Dumbledore. That would be my brother. The world as we know it is coming undone. Grindelwald is pulling it apart with hate. If we're to defeat him, you'll have to trust me. This is the team that's going to take down the most dangerous wizard in over a century. A magizoologist, his indispensable assistant. Wizard descended from a very old family, a school teacher, and a muggle. Dumbledore asked that I give you something, Jacob. Are you kidding me right now? Who wouldn't like our chances? <laughs> Yay! <laughs> that was my reaction. <laughs> yeah. Really? Really? Were you okay? I gotta ask, ask you because I don't know what your opinion of the new Harry Potter movies are. Where did you like the last Fantastic Beast movie? I have not seen either of them. <laughs> well, that explains why you don't understand my reaction because yeah. the first one was kind of meh, yeah. but like I was still willing to give it a chance. But the second one was just like, yo, J.K. Rowling cannot write a, a screenplay that saved her life. It is so convoluted. It is so weak with its characterizations. The villain is just. Uh, the, the, and there's a twist to the end with Ezra Miller with with I'm not even a huge Harry Potter fan and even I was like that doesn't make sense considering the lore I guess I won't mm-hmm. spoil it for you but seeing this trailer is just more of like a continuation of that second movie and I'm just not excited for it at all it's just they didn't they didn't need this 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 prequel series like if anything give yeah. me uh, a sequel series of Harry Potter not a prequel yeah, are you sure you want a sequel series where they do the freaking cursed child? Because apparently, like everyone's like hesitant about that. But um, I was gonna say I don't. When... I'm not even saying cursed child. I I don't think uh, J.K. Rowling should write it. To be honest with you. <laughs> oh god, nah, dude. Freaking like J- J.K. like disowned her own franchise. Um, but I was gonna say like when it comes to Harry Potter, like I saw the f- the first what was it nine films. 
I basically checked out after, like, the entire thing was done, you know? Because, like, I feel like that literally feels like MCU, like, emotional investment. It's like you've literally, like, had this franchise that's been around for over 10 years, and you've seen all these films. And as soon as you finally see that last one, I was done, you know? And freaking, like, when I heard... And then, I don't know. I guess I'm not as much of a Potterhead as, like, most people. And um, when I had heard that, like, they were doing, like, Fantastic Beasts, I know, like, how beloved those movies are, but it's just not, it's just not my cup of tea, you know? I don't know who you're talking to. As far as I I know, they're not that beloved, even amongst the Harry Potter fans. Like... Debatable. Like, debatable. I, I have friends who, like, do actually, like, genuinely, like, love those films. I, I do know I have friends who like those films and they cost Okay, well, it. now I'm curious. I, guys, if you're listening right now, write in and let us know. if you're Especially if you're a Harry Potter fan, how do you feel about Fantastic Beasts movies? Like, I would love to read an email from someone who's, like, a hardcore Harry Potter fan to know what their thoughts is about the Fantastic Beasts movies. Because it's not even... I, I, I take back what I said before. It's not even that I don't want a Harry Potter prequel, but it's the... It's the the entry point that they're using, because it, it's called Fantastic Beasts. So it's not it's about this guy Newt's commander who has no connection to the Harry Potter movies, like the the future Harry Potter movies, really. Other than just, he's just a name that they throw out there as a reference. Actually, but, actually, technically Newt's uh, Newt's commander is actually the original author of Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Him. Or, yes. Yeah, and Where to Find Them. That's in universe. That's the book that all of the students at Hogwarts um it's it's required reading at Hogwarts so yes yeah but in the world of compelling narratives if you're gonna give me the option between a Newt's Commander prequel to Harry Potter or I don't know a Dumbledore movie like he's in this but he's not the focus of these movies and it's really his story because it's about his relationship with Grindelwald but yet we're we have to go through this lens of Newt's Commander but I'm like a way more compelling version of this trilogy would be if it was just about Dumbledore. Why? <laughs> like, especially since he dies in the, other, in the in the future movies. So like, yeah, give him his shine. Let it be about Dumbledore and his story. I'm also very just. Dis- I'm also another thing with this with this new film is that I'm actually very disappointed that um they retconned Johnny Depp because of all the controversy. Oh, uh, the Amber yeah. Heard stuff. Yeah. I'm, so I'm, hypocritical. I'm not happy about that at all, because it's like, he does not deserve that, you know? Because, like, he, he, like, it's like, there's so many people, I'm not, you know what, I'm not even going to get into it, but just, <laughs> just just expressing my disappointment that they're not keeping Johnny Depp on in that franchise, because if they had decided to keep them, I actually might, would have uh, decided to watch the films at some point. Yeah, it's the hypocrisy of Hollywood, because yet she's still working in Aquaman 2, so... Yep. Make it make sense, Hollywood. <laughs> Word. Keep that same energy. Word. But anyways, uh, shall we move on to our next trailer? Yeah. What's the next one? We're talking about Sonic the Hedgehog Part 2. That wasn't too bad. <laughs> Today's forecast calls for a 100% chance of adventure. Turn to sender. Face it, you're never going to get my power. Do I look like I need your power? Where are my manners? Sonic, meet Knuckles.
Now, here's a movie that is the complete opposite of Fantastic Beasts for me. This is a movie that doesn't deserve to be as good as it is. Sonic 1 had no right to be as fun of a movie as it was. And this movie just seems like they're taking all the elements that were to Sonic 1 and just cranking up to 11. And even more insane that this is a franchise that probably would have been terrible if not for the fans basically bullying the studio to change it. <laughs> it it's amazing what what happens when studios actually like listen to the fans, you know? And like Who would have guessed? It, it, it's crazy it's still crazy that literally the entire the entire fandom of Sonic was able to go and say, "No, I don't like what you guys are doing with that." And then they literally delayed the first film and they changed Sonic's appearance just to please everybody. And and it's freaking amazing and now it actually gets a sequel and like this sequel it very much feels like it, it feels like freaking um the video like the video the video games uh in film form because now they're adding uh knuckles and tails into into the mix mm. and the way that freaking they revealed uh knuckles in the trailer it was so oh good. it was so good so freaking good and, i don't uh, know who because when i first heard that announcement that idris elba was gonna play knuckles i was like huh the fuck what, what a random pull that is who made that decision nani yeah, but then you hear Knuckles talk. What do you mean? Like, who? who what do you think I need? Your power? It's do like, I? Oh. No, it's like, do I look like I need your power? Yes. I was like, that was so. Knuckles, good. from what I remember in the games, he's cool. Later, he becomes more comic relief than yeah. Arrival in those in that first movie or that first game, Sonic Three. Yeah. Um, but the energy, like the gravitas, Idris Elba brings to that character, I'm like. Yo, he's got some big Vegeta vibes right now. <laughs> word, word, and I, yeah. So like, um, I'm very excited. I'm very excited to uh, see how they play out this film because it's because it's like, um, actually, I'm even more excited about what they're gonna do with like the third film if they do make it, this into a trilogy, and then like what's to come after that because it's like, I feel like what they're gonna well, do. If if Knuckles is the rival in this one, this is Sonic Three, right? So then the next one should be titled Sonic and Knuckles where they team up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and then maybe yeah. It's sh maybe it's Shadow. And yeah, yeah, one. that's exactly what I was thinking. I was like, are they going to bring in Shadow as the antagonist? They could do that, or they could have freaking, um, I feel like, uh, Robo Sonic. Ooh, yeah, Ro Robo, Robo Sonic. Sonic. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So you have options there. So it's like you could easily have like four films in this franchise right now. But not only that, um, now that they actually have a, a Mario plant, a Mario film uh, announced. Oh, crossover which, universe. Yeah, Mario versus Sonic in film form. I feel like freaking like uh, the Nintendo fans are going to like eat that shit up, man. Wow. And, so yeah. the MCU is really out here creating a bunch of like little other universes. <laughs> basically, basically, basically. So I'm very very excited to see if they actually uh if they actually uh pull that go forward with that and eventually that's where we're going to lead up to is mario versus sonic because it's like we've had that so many times in video games but like we never actually seen that like on the screen these two characters like interacting with each other so i'd be very excited if that's uh, the direction that they decided to go in yeah i mean like you said this movie looks jam-packed we've got tails we've got knuckles we've got an even more video game accurate versus version of jim carrey's dr robotnik yes third movie he's gonna get fat I, i'm yeah. calling it <laughs> oh my i i kind of i, I kind of i don't want him to actually like put on pounds for the role because that'd be no no nah, nah, give nah, him a cartoony yeah, like pillow yeah, yeah, stomach yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh my god it like, makes a like grinch grinch did that abridged 
No, a uh, Grinch. Oh, Grinch, Grinch, Grinch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. But that. Oh my God. No, don't mention Grinch. Forget him. Jim Carrey actually hated uh the the makeup process for the Grinch because he actually had to like be in there for like I think like eight hours at a time, freaking putting on all that makeup, and he like. Uh, he, I heard it was painful. Yeah, it was painful. Yeah. It was painful for him. Freaking yeah. I. Yeah, yeah. But anyways. So yeah, most definitely we are. Me and Jordan are definitely most excited for to uh, see Sonic Two when it comes out. Um. And then the next trailer that we're going to be talking about, oh my goodness, Cobra Kai Season 4. Daniel LaRusso. Does it really come down to this? Donnie Lawrence playing second fiddle. I just want what's best for Miguel and all of your students. So now you know what's best for Miguel. Circle around things your whole life. Wait for problems to show up at your doorstep. You cannot strike first with this guy. You just don't want to admit there's always been a little Cobra Kai in you. Everybody thinks their way is the only way. You, my dad, Cobra Kai. The truth is, it doesn't matter which way you fight as long as it works. No fighting until the tournament. We'll settle this on the mat. time to step into the future. This proposal will revolutionize the tournament. By a show of hands. God help us all. Welcome to the 51st annual All Valley Under 18 Karate Tournament! And, and once again, this is another uh, thing we're talking about that should not be as good as it is. It's, no right. I'm no right to be so amazing. <laughs> it's so hype. It's so hype right now, man. And freaking like, it's amazing that like we've actually been able to get through um, the season four of Cobra Kai after like all these years. Oh, my of, God. This show had no no reason to be this freaking good, but it is. And it's like there are so many franchises that could like learn from Cobra Kai and flash and, yeah, yeah exactly and like the way that they're telling stories and bringing back um old stories connected to like uh original franchises and respecting those characters and the way that you're developing them it's like Cobra Kai literally takes that formula and it does everything right I have nothing bad to say about Cobra Kai it's been so good and now we got um season four coming out they're bringing mm. back Terry Sil Terry Silver. Yup, he looks freaking amazing, and um, I, I can't believe we're living in a world where the the sentence Terry Silver looks amazing. <laughs> in I, Cobra know, Kai. I know, I know, I know. Because that was a big concern of mine. Like when they introduced the the cameo of him at the end of last season of like, oh, he's coming. I yeah. was like, Cobra, I got a Karate Kid, uh, three. Really, we're doing that? Yeah. But just like No Way Home. Cobra Kai, Cobra Kai is a no way home of Karate Kid. Yes, because it takes all of those old, un like unresolved plot threads from those past Karate Kid movies. Yes, and and does better by them, elevates Mark. those plot lines. Even last season with the stuff they did with Karate Kid Two. Yeah, and his his shifter to Japan. Yeah, that was amazing. Oh my god, it should not even. It should not be that nostalgic and awesome. I got chills yeah. watching this trailer. It How? was so good. <laughs> it was so good. And I love the way that they executed it. It was like, keep on rolling. <laughs> <laughs> 
it was so good yeah even like uh the inclusion of like all of the 80s music man it just makes it even like more hype and um i can't wait to watch uh season season four of cobra kai and like w- what they're gonna uh do do with do with this season because it's like what else can they possibly do you know i think this is the is it, have they announced if this is the last season or not because it seems like logically this would be the conclusion yeah now it's literally cobra kai and miyagi do teaming up to defeat super cobra kai <laughs> yeah it, it's 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 the it's officially uh the final all valley tournament and i feel like this is like the moment that it's been all been leading up to with cobra kai being the antagonist of the series once again and having uh danny and uh and Johnny teaming up together to make one one dojo, uh, yeah. and friggin' two <laughs> eagle fang karate. Oh, Eagles don't God. have fangs. <laughs> I think I think there's gonna be a rebranding at some point in this series because there's no way they're gonna there's no way Johnny's gonna keep eagle fang karate like like. <laughs> This is just so hilarious. It's like eagles don't have fangs. <laughs> you shut up. <laughs> I'm honest. I, I honest, honest to goodness. Um, that whole thing with eagle fang, I did not think that was gonna be a thing. I thought Johnny was gonna do something with a fucking mongoose, considering that mongooses are actually the uh, natural enemies of cobras. But the fact that he goes with freaking eagle fang, it's so Johnny Lawrence though. Like, <laughs> it is. He's he, he he's so like Americana and um freaking like the fact that he goes with like the most like uh patriotic thing he can think of in his mind like what's the most macho animal think of of? it's an eagle so it's gonna be called eagle fang karate (laughs) he is such a lovable like 80s time capsule he really is they did such an amazing job of characterizing him as like someone who's like a little racist a little sexist but he's got a heart of gold and you'll still love him regardless like that's that's a fine balancing act to walk and i'm just gonna say this Something like I, I said the Flash jokingly, but I'm kind of serious because Cobra Kai is a testament to you can you can have cheesy dialogue, you can have cheesy plot threads, but it's a certain level of camp that you you understand your camp, and if you walk the line appropriately in your writing, it can still come off as epic. Example: the 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 last line in this trailer, so over the top goofy for like a a a a teacher in the school or whatever it was to be like my. Like may God help us all, or whatever. Talking about the like, the City Valley tournament, I'm like, <laughs> that is so that has over me. The top. <laughs> that whole thing has me very curious now because it's like now they're innovating something into the tournament, and I'm really curious about what the hell it's going to be. And um, what my head's been brewing since I saw the trailer is that what if they have like the teachers go up against each other in like the last moments mm. of of the all valley tournament or even like before um the last competition of uh cobra kai versus um <laughs> no yeah. i i i agree i agree 100 because yeah, 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 yeah i'm like, thinking about it i was like now, now i'm thinking about it logically yeah if this season just ended on a let's say miguel versus uh johnny's son like that that'd be cool but because this story has been even more so than the original Karate Kid, it's it's been Johnny's story as well as uh, Daniel uh, Russo's. Da- yeah, Daniel's story, and we've established now in this season, in last season, and this season that both the villains from their past are teaming up. It would make sense for Daniel to fight mm-hmm. Tommy, Tommy Silver, and for uh, Johnny to fight his Terry Crease. Si- Terry Silver, Terry Silver, Terry Silver, Terry Silver. Yes, but Terry yeah, Silver. and for yeah, yeah, yeah. Johnny Did- to fight Crease. 
definitely and like um just like even like the narrative like if you know the franchise like i feel like this has been what it's all been leading up to with um yeah John johnny definitely feels like he needs to like have this fight with crease and then daniel needs to have this fight with terry because terry was the one who technically turned I'm, laughing, his... I'm sorry i'm laughing because i'm like this this is what i mean by campy because <laughs> it's it's an old man fight <laughs> Oh, yeah. yeah, old man fight. No, no, no. I mean, I mean, it is, but like, I feel like it's gonna be like a lot more, um, like compelling to watch, considering that they're the characters that they are. Because it's like you can't have yeah. a Karate Kid franchise without Daniel Larusso, and I feel like the fact that like, because you have, you also have to remember Miyagi had had a lot of good moments, like freaking um back in the original franchise where he actually got to fight terry and uh and, and crease true, true and even like in uh the first the beginning of uh, karate kid part two when um when they did when they did the whole thing with miyagi having the fight with crease and uh the whole the whole f uh fight where uh he he legitimately like made uh crease's hands bleed by making him punch through the window glass uh and mm. It's amazing how much history is actually like in with all these characters, but I feel like this is the whole this whole journey is where this has been leading up to with Johnny going head to head with Crease in one final battle, and uh, Danny Larusso going head to head with Terry Silver, uh, knowing that the history that they have and that the only reason that Danny Danny Larusso even considered being in Cobra Kai was because of the whole turmoil thing. Uh, in Karate Kid Part Three, and Terry Silver mm. ment mentoring him, so I feel like this is where it's going to lead up to. But not only that, I feel like I don't think it's going to stop there because we very much need to have a rematch with Daniel Russo and Johnny Lawrence because we never finished that fight. It's always been nah. I want that to be like uh, the end of Rocky Three, where Apollo and Rocky are about to fight, and we—that's the end. That's I don't true. Wanna, I don't want to know who wins. That's true. You know what I mean, I, I, I want that to be like a cliffhanger kind of thing. Yeah, that's that's very true. Uh, oh my god, there's so many good fights that are gonna be that I, that I know are gonna be happening uh, this season, and I'm very excited to uh, to see it. I've loved like every single season of Cobra Kai. Same. And, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm very excited to uh, see this fourth season. But um, going back into a little bit of news that I found out from DC Comics, there has been uh, there's been talks all over the internet that um. Mm. DC is going to be developing a Blue Beetle film, and Zolo Maraduena is actually going to be playing Jaime Reyes as the Blue Beetle. Miguel? Yes, Miggy. Yeah, Miggy's going to be yeah, playing uh, be... Blue Beetle. I'd be down for that. I like Miguel's actor yeah. a lot. So yeah, yeah, Zolo. I like. I love Zolo. I love Zolo as Miggy. And um, honest to goodness. I hate Jaime Reyes as a character. I really do. You know, just because I, I don't know. Maybe I'm just jaded by his appearance in Injustice, and I thought that he was very annoying in the Injustice game. Uh, okay. But um, honest to goodness, if Zolo is playing Jaime Reyes in uh, a Blue Beetle film, I would probably watch it. I, I I'd be in. It reminds me like that. I, I don't know that much about Blue Beetle, but. Anytime I see him, stuff like Young Justice or a little bit I've seen him in comics, he kind of reminds me of like a Spanish Static Shock. So I'm down for it. Word, yeah, definitely. I'm definitely down for that. I'm always down for more Spanish representation in the superhero genre. Yeah, most definitely. And after that, we only got one more trailer to talk about. Um, and it's a, it's a little, it's a, this one's a little bit different. Um, it's a multi, it's a multiversal kung fu film called Everything Everywhere All the Time, starring Michelle Yeoh. 
This is Wang. This is Wang. Mrs. Wang, are you with us? I am paying attention. Now, you may only see a pile of receipts, but I see a story. I can see where this story is going. It does not look good. from another universe. I'm here because we need your help. Very busy today. No time to help you. Across the multiverse, I've seen thousands of Evelyns. You can access all of their memories, their emotions, even their skills. There's a great evil spreading throughout the many verses. And you, be your only chance of stopping it. Don't make me fight you. I am really good. I don't believe you. So I knew nothing about this movie until I saw uh, the internet kind of buzzing about the trailer. Mm -hmm. And it reminds me of the one with an old Asian lady. I and was not... literally thinking the same exact thing. I was like, dude, this film feels like a spiritual successor to Jet Li's The One. And I tell this to you all the time. The One was my introduction to the concept of the multiverse. The multiverse. And mm. uh, yeah, so this, because like Michelle Yeoh is up there in terms of martial arts stature with Jet Li. So... I, 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 this def, this this new film most definitely feels like uh, a spiritual successor to Jet Li's The One, and um, it looks like it's going to be like even more crazy, and there's going to be like more fighting and like. I mean, when when you see like the split of like reality, it's like glass cracking. You see even versions of her look like anime. Yeah. So I'm like, that's interesting. Yeah, definitely. And also the guys behind it, action wise, and I only know this because I saw him literally in the trailer. Uh, he's a bald dude, pretty buff as hell he's part of martial arts club who were part of the stunt group for shang chi and it's really cool oh, that they're wow. getting work because they have a close connection to team red pro who we have a connection with and one of the productions oh wow. so it's like it's like three relationships like degrees of separation away from us it's a trifecta yeah we know people that work in hollywood kind of <laughs> I mean, I mean, honestly, freaking after episode four, you can't say that we don't have an amazing stunt team. Like all those guys, freaking killed it during working on episode four. Yeah, I mean, and talking about the one, um, the series that we're working on now, the Last Jetty, is going to be very inspired by that sequence at the end of the one. With I am nobody's bitch. <laughs> I am Eula. I am nobody's bitch. You are mine. Yo, I want this movie to end like that. <laughs> Suffocation! No, no breathing! breathing. Don't, Don't give, give a, a fuck! Don't look at my arm bleeding! Oh my god. <laughs> please. Please. Yo, straight up. Freaking dope. The one had a boss soundtrack. That soundtrack is amazing. You cannot say that that original soundtrack from Jet Li's The One was not freaking amazing. I love that film for like so many reasons, but genuinely, it's the one that introduced me to the concept of the multiverse that's outside of the superhero genre. Because it's like, superhero genre the superhero genre these days are doing so many things with the multiverse nowadays even like what yeah. we're even like what we're doing uh with power rangers and like the concepts of 
the multiverse like there's very few films outside of those genres that do their takes on the multiverse so yeah. the fact that we actually have like michelle yo doing a multiversal film uh with with uh kung, kung fu action the way that she's doing it's I, i'm very intrigued to, to see this film when it comes out yeah the one was before it's time and i yeah, think the fact that like you said, like that was one of the first things cinematically that introduced the concept of the multiverse. And now it's, I mean, literally, if this is a spiritual successor to that movie, that shows you, what, 20 plus years later? That's how far ahead of its its curve it was. Yeah. But yeah. yeah, I'm actually more intrigued about the concept of an old Asian lady becoming a kung fu master than I am Jet Li. So I, I'm actually, I'm, I'm really excited for this movie. Here's, here's, least, uh, here's, a, here's a question that I have for you, actually. Do you think that uh, this film and the one could actually be connected somehow? That would be so fucking cool. That'd if be... at the end you actually see Jet Li, <laughs> I... I'm still fighting. <laughs> I, I feel like that'd be a very missed opportunity if they didn't actually like freaking like bring in Jet Li somehow uh, to do some kind of crazy like connection. Like I think that'd be dope if this film was actually connected to Jet Li, and then it's like, oh yeah, these two films are connected in their own multiversal universes. That'd be dope. That'd be insane. Oh my god, please. That'd be yes. great. I'm all about these universes that the Hollywood's building, so yeah, hell yeah. Word. And then, like, the, there'll be a third film, there'll be a sequel to it, and then Jet Li's in the sequel. <laughs> oh, yeah. Have that... you seen Jet Li recently? He looks mad old. Nah, honestly, I'm not surprised, considering, like, I've seen Jackie Chan recently, you know, like, after, like, he's been off the grid for, like, I don't know how long now, and even he, like, he's looking old, too, so, yeah. like, I wouldn't be surprised, but, like, you know, it's it's Jet Li. I think, like, if he really wanted to do it, if they pay him enough money, I think... Yeah. Th I think you'd do it. Yeah, we're getting old. Hey, <laughs> yeah. Uh, one more thing. One more thing. But uh, I think that's that's all the trailers and that's all the news I think we have for today, bro. Okay. All right. I mean, that's a good wrap up. That only took us a little less than an hour. So let's get out of here. This I keep saying, I'm like, I just want a short episode. But even this is like three plus hours. But that's fine. Because this is a, a momentous occasion. Not only do we have No Way Home, but the Blur Vision Squad finally came together fully. Yes. I, I, I can't get over the fact that Peter, Ned, and MJ are a lot like me, you, and, and Diz. Word. <laughs> like Zendaya, like the, her portrayal of MJ is just like <laughs> Diz. I, I, I believe it. Yeah, I, I definitely believe it when, Bruh, it, when it comes to her. That. Her, uh, what is the phrase? Uh, I don't want to get excited about something. Oh, yeah. Chance it might not go right. Yeah. That's this in a nutshell. <laughs> Love or death. <laughs> I, can, I, I can understand that because I have that philosophy sometimes. It's like, expect disappointment and you will never be disappointed. And I, and I say that truthfully because that's, uh, that's the mindset that I had when I first auditioned uh, to be the Chrono Ranger, that was the exact mindset that I have going into that. Cause I was like, there's no way that he's going to, <laughs> there's no way that he's going to hire me a nobody to freaking be the Chrono Ranger, just like big character doing all this narration in this amazing uh, show. But look what happened. I got to uh, do my first big voice acting role as the Chrono Ranger. And now episode three is at like what? Over 4 million views on YouTube now. Like, I think we're almost at five. So close. So that's close. that's insane. For me, that is freaking insane. It's like, yo, I never thought that would happen in my entire life. So in terms of, you know, under, uh, being a pessimist, I, I, yeah. I can honestly relate to that. But in terms of being your best friend, 
uh, and being the Ned Leeds of this crew, <laughs> I, 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 I can, I, I feel that I can respect that. I promise you, bro. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna turn heel <laughs> on you and be, a, and be a super villain and try to kill you at some point. Wink, wink. Nudge, nudge. Wink, wink. Don't betray me, bro. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, that's all up to you and where you decide to freaking uh, take the Chrono Ranger for the future. Uh, yeah. I just love that moment in No Way Home when Andrew Garfield puts his hand on on uh, Ned's shoulder. I was like, he just gives him like the not like, yeah. <laughs> so oh man, it was. He's like, my Mo- best friend killed my girlfriend. So. <laughs> oh god, it hurts. It hurts so bad. <laughs> but yeah, man, look how far you come, and I I'm really excited to see how far we can go because this is only the beginning. I mean, even this podcast, I used to call this like a a house that we're building. And the house has been built, demolished, rebuilt, and reconstructed and redesigned. And I, I'm just, I really am excited about where we're going to be going in 2022. With not only this podcast, I, I, I wanted to make a video version of it. We're, we're starting our YouTube channel. Um, we're pushing into new projects with Unworthy Productions. We, we started a merch store. Like, we've got all these things that we're, we're these new ventures that we're getting into and i'm just excited for the future I'm, I'm happy to be part of it with people that are genuinely support me and are like i'm literally my best friends so i just want to thank you i want to thank diz i just want to thank i mean i want to put it's not here but i want to thank the entire team of warning productions and i'm just excited for the future bro most definitely and speaking of uh speaking of merchandise i feel like this there's no better time to uh, announce this we officially have five new designs coming in the unworthy mm. merch line we have new arbiter shirts coming out we have the terror our, our awesome terror dragon um we have ninjor we have uh we officially have the green ranger coming and uh vengex ranger in our unworthy merch line so get excited for that and be ready to spend your christmas money <laughs> yeah either that's gonna be dropping this week or possibly next week but i, I might try and get it out um sometime this week so if you're listening to this when it drops check on worthy productions on instagram to see if uh we have the promo up for the different shirts yes yes all bunch of good stuff from worthy production is coming so just be patient last ninjetti is going to be coming out very soon we just wrapped we just wrapped up filming on that right yeah we finished the uh the pilot prequel uh introduction to the series it's kind of like a segue between unworthy and last ninjetti Yes. I gotta wait until it gets warm to film the true episode one though, because I, I, I wanna like I said, I'm I'm going ham. I'm I'm trying to make it as epic as the one for Power Rangers. Yes, please and thank you. Like I I I love the one and um I actually like e- even like when we first met and I told you that like I was like writing my own stuff and I told you that I had a I had a I had a little project uh that I was like uh developing and it actually had uh inspiration from Jet Lee's the one and that was one of the things that actually like got y- you excited and like one of the things that you and i level on as best friends like dude i love the one and i can even see yeah. that in the in the writing so that was one of the things that uh that i appreciated about that but anyways um yeah, let's yeah. wrap up and get out of here oh also before we got here though just to to plug our friends over at power rangers master force yes me and jeff were recently on a uh like one of their new episodes, a crossover for Unworthy called Chrono Quest. So just YouTube, Power Rangers Master Force, Chrono Quest, and it should come up. But yeah, check that out. Our, like uh, 
it was our first experience doing like a, a live Dungeons and Dragons type of show. And so that was fun. Yeah, and like we, me and Jordan actually had an idea of like where we, the direction that we wanted to go in with uh, with the crossover, and we were like we were trying to fit in a bunch of as much stuff as we could, but like there was like so many uh, there was so much stuff going on, like so many personalities, and like even like uh, being on a live, it's like it's different than when you're recording. So uh, you, it gets kind of it's it gets kind of lost uh after after a certain <laughs> certain point and you can tell but um we we tried our bre- our best uh working with what we had but those guys those guys over at master force they are amazing people to work with uh some of those guys are i'm actually friends with and um they are awesome voice actors and uh i'm, I'm really excited to uh see what they do next yeah so check them out and that's been this episode of blurred vision i've been your host jordan with jeffrey rays aka the chrono ranger we will see you guys very soon peace I'm gonna